Amazon.com for Kindle and electronic download. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch two o'clock when you hear the trippy music you know that it's time it's time for some god talk it's time for some talk talk we've got a special guest here on some call me tim tim there it is uh today on some call me tim we have a special guest Alyssa westerland yay can you... Yeah, I, you're, you're oh, perfect. We gotcha. I, I can't hear Here me, but if are. you can hear me... Oh, you if you can wear them, no, no, it's up to it's you. It's good. Uh, perfect. How exciting uh, it is to have you here on Some Call Me Tim, the show where we talk about things you believe in. Believe in. Yeah. I don't, yeah, okay. This is going to be interesting. You're going to have to pry or something, because I don't know if I have any beliefs. Oh, well, well the first thing we usually start with is uh, I have you look at our Savior in the corner, uh, the Lord... Uh, and Savior Jesus Christ and uh, Sparkle Jesus in the corner Sparkle and ask Jesus. do you believe in Jesus no did well, you okay. ever believe in Jesus no never uh, I believe that there were some people named Jesus and there still are right. and Jesus, or Jesus and yeah and I believe that the Jesuses of, of the world out there I believe that they're just like everyone else and some of them are really cool and some of them are total assholes mm. um, no I don't believe in like a specific Savior I think that the whole idea that I mean, like, maybe the guy that wrote the first bread recipe, you know, the first person who could read, like, he was, like, the closest to Jesus that the I really... first guy that could read. Read, yeah, like, yeah. what are these recipes, man? They would have to go to the guy to read the bread recipe, uh, to teach right. him how to make bread, because they didn't know how to fucking read, or whatever. Right. And there's the whole uh, five loaves and two fishes, so Jesus was definitely into bread. Yeah, Jesus but, loved bread. Yeah, I mean, if, you know, all the Jesus, all the, all the Jesuses, Jesuses love bread. I don't know. I, my parents. But you never. You weren't raised religious in any context. Well, I was born in a cult, so I was born in a cult. A legit like molest children, does drugs. Um, yeah, they raped a lot of young men. Um, wow. And so, and that's why my parents left. So I was born in the cult. I didn't experience like I. They left when I was five because, you know, the joke that I tell people is my dad said no one else is going to molest my kids, <laughs> and my dad didn't molest me. Everyone, he's just Canadian, and that's how he talks. Because <laughs> um, he has a sense of humor. Yeah, and he was like, no one else, and no, we, but we did actually leave because my brother was about two or two a little over two and then um this boy who is now an adult 
came out and he was you know the child of my parents friends and he said hey p.s this guy raped me when i was rather young and then a lot of other boys started coming out wow and my dad who was molested sorry dad i'm airing your your secrets on the air here but uh uh, i'm airing your secrets on the air but yeah but my dad who had experienced that trauma was like holy shit uh we gotta go so my parents collectively were in the cult for 30 years between the two of them yeah yeah yeah. It was like a hippie commune though, right? No, 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 no hippies, no hippies. No, but they all lived. How was it culty? They all lived together like in teepees or um, that's too hippie. So no, 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 there was no teepees. There was, it was actually, um, so it was a Gurdjieff Ospensky cult, which there, it's a Christian based thing. Um, Gurdjieff, I'm pretty sure, was the one who was against cults or anyone following him, and he kept telling everyone, hey, don't listen to me, I don't know what I'm talking about. But Gurdjieff was kind of obsessed with uh, consciousness, uh-huh. so being awake. So the whole the whole cult was uh, surrounded by this idea that most of us are asleep, which we are, and uh, we want to wake up. But it was more or less like a finishing school for people who... Um, you know, didn't have a really good connection with their parents. I mean, like any cult sure. is just a bunch of lost, chi- you know, children who happen to be adults now, and they they wanted a sense of community and family, and they didn't have that, and they go there, and they find that you know it was it was high, highly intelligent people that were reading the classics, eating the best food. I mean, huh. and uh, I mean, they you go Sounds to like the a cool ground. Cult. It was not bad. I mean, you go to the grounds and you drive up, and there's a gate you have to go through. Um, actually, it's kind of funny. My dad's part of the reason that they make you. Uh, you have to sign in now and do this whole thing. And ex uh, ex members are no longer allowed on the property. It used to be a public thing. Did you? Did they have to give them all their money? You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you forfeited all of your. All you end up working like my mom ended up being. So they had their own lawyers. We had our Whoa. own vineyard. So uh, they switched it. So they used to make wine, and it was called the Renaissance. Was the name of the cult. And like literally, you drive up onto the grounds, and there's these columns, and on the top of the columns are gilded statues of David, of whatever you know, of all these, but gilded statues sure. all the way driving up. And then there's orange groves, and they have blood oranges. Huh. So uh, and. And then, and then there's a rose garden, and then there's a bunch of Greek uh, or Greek-style buildings as far as, you know, a lot of columns, a lot of palm trees in the middle of Oregon House, California. Um, so the guy was... So Robert Burton was the leader of the cult, and he um, is, a, is, is a gay man, doesn't really have anything to do with anything, but that is why he raped boys, um, you know, or whatever. Not why he raped boys, but, you know, that's why it was boys, not girls. Right, like, right, I right, wasn't, right. you know, a target, but... Um, yeah, it's kind of a trip. Like, I used to go back there and steal oranges and lemons. Uh, but my dad, when they left, there was a statue. They have a, a restaurant that used to be a public restaurant. And my dad and a bunch of his friends went there, and they urinated on... What statue was it? It was some, you know, um, uh, remake of a very classic whatever statue. And uh, they all urinated on the statue after they had a nice dinner at, at the Apollo restaurant. Wow. And so now there's a gate and an actual guard at the gate because of my father and his friends. Um, yeah, they were really disgruntled ex-members for sure because when you get you get excommunicated. Right, right. So, so all the family that you've known for 30 years collectively between the two of you is gone. Gone. It's just 15 years. Gone, of, yeah. And then you have the family and you have to like reformulate what life is. Yeah, and we still lived, I mean, we, we got off the property, but we still lived in the same town. Oh. So they did, they had their, they have a huge, massive property. So yeah, you, you have your own piece of property on the 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 fellowship property my dad did because my dad's a uh, general engineer and uh he 
runs heavy equipment basically now he does arc you know now he does house building houses and all that stuff but at the time he just did gen general engineering so he put in all the infrastructure for all the vineyards for all they have ponds everywhere i mean he did and so that was all free so you're working for the cult i think he was making something like two dollars an hour um and this was in the 70s but still that's pretty bad right. i don't even think it was two dollars i think it was like a dollar 40 or something it was not even yeah Wow. Yeah, for yeah. manual, real labor. Real labor. And real they would, oh, they labor. would pull 24-hour yeah. shifts, <gasps> and they would drink wine the whole time. Wow. Well, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Part of the cult. Cool. Yeah. So you would say, do you think that the reason that you're a religious is because of that? You're, so when your parents got out of that, they were like, all religion's bad, or... They were just not going to get you into anything. Yeah, they just, they never talked about it. At, at the, I mean, at that point, it was still very much like, because when I was, you know, when I was a kid, it was like, know, Alyssa, be conscious, be in the moment, be uh, here now kind of thing. And then, I mean, there were all these other weird nuanced, um, like, stuff that my parents never actually left the cult. Like, they left physically, but they continued to believe what they believed. Right. So that was a trip. And it was like, you guys, I'm five years old. Of course, I'm in the moment. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I couldn't about. be more in the moment. Yeah, like what all I mean? am. It's all it is. All it is is moment by moment. When right. You're five. And so I was. I was kind of frustrated with them uh, because of this. And then, you know, they went from the cult to experimenting with different psychedelics. So that became like a new form of their religion. My dad got really into his Native American, um, you know, history or whatever. His and so we started doing. Um, you know, like I grew up, we had two teepees on the property and a sweat lodge. Ah. And so, and my dad actually had to build a wall because our neighbors uh, didn't like seeing all the naked people. Interesting. Yeah. We built a 10 foot or 12 foot wall that blocked off the whole area that my dad called Club Void. <laughs> And uh, you sound like burners before Burning Man. Well, yeah, and then they were amongst some of the first burners. Oh, so rad. yeah, okay, yeah, they invited wow. me to Burning Man when I was twelve. Wow! And I was so conservative, and I, I was so sick of hearing them tell me about how they met my grandfather when they were high on ayahuasca. Like, I talked to Grandpa. I saw him again. He was a frog, and he lived underground, and. You know, and uh, so I would have to hear their stories. They would come back. I was the babysitter, so what would happen is uh, they would walk. You know, I would escort all these adults before they got high down to the teepees, and then they would leave their children and all their potluck goods with me. And I was about nine when uh, when I started, you know, being the official babysitter for all these kids. So I'm up there with all the children of these, you know, adults who are going to be totally blottoed for the next, you know, five, six hour, however, however long. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then the, the adults would come back. Uh, we would, I would have to put out all the food for them because they were totally out of it. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and so they would eat and they would tell their children uh, what happened. Wow. What they experienced. Story time. Story with, time. With drugged up parents. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And ayahuasca, I mean, you know, sometimes you wouldn't see them for a while or sometimes, you know, they would come back and it was like, you know, meeting this child, this, you know, this version of your parent that isn't self-conscious at all and isn't, you know, and right. is, is totally in the moment because, you know, they're still high. And, uh... So I just, when they invited me to Burning Man, I was kind of like, 
You know, I feel like yeah. I don't want to do. If, like, I don't want to babysit everyone. I don't want to babysit. I don't want to babysit everyone. And also, like when you hear these old people telling these stories about their spiritual awakening or their enlightenment, or now they're enlightened. It just um, it sounds like bullshit. <laughs> you know, and you're like, I don't think that ayahuasca is gonna make me enlightened. Uh, so so yeah, I just never really got into. I did go to church when I was um, young. I had to kind of insist because my uh, all the kids that I knew that weren't members of the cult, a lot of them were Christian kids. Ah. And so they had this cool after school program where they would take you skating and they would take you to those weird like hoorah. Sure, Jesus, 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 Jesus. So yeah, that's and you, you got sing. to meet Jesus. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And you accept him into your heart. Sure, sure, sure. And oh, I did didn't you do that? Do that. I did. You did. I so you're did. safe forever. You get to go to heaven. Your yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it was like to ask my parents to go to that. I remember them just looking at me and like, "Why do you want to do that?" And I was like, "Well, I just want to check it out." And it it was only a few times that I went because when I started actually asking questions at the church, I was actually really into Buddhism when I was a kid. I didn't believe I you know I wasn't a Buddhist, but I thought that out of all the religions, they seemed like the most chill. Sure. So I asked these Christians at the church one day. They were talking about people who don't believe in God or who know of Him but deny him they go to hell and I say well what about the Buddhists yeah are they all going to hell they're great people saffron robes they don't do shit to anybody like what's and and then they're like oh yes they definitely go to hell and I was like okay Uh, fuck this yeah I I think you got and then I asked them about reincarnation and they and they all just went (gasps) and uh, this lady started screaming at me at one of the adults and then I was like okay I'm done with religion man I'm done with religion they're not very open they're not open minded people these people are not Mm -hmm. you know no, they're so, not. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Wow. We got it. We got it. We got it in a nutshell there. Yeah. So what do you, but what do you believe in now? Like, do you have any things that, um, that like shape your life in a specific way? Uh, uh oh, things um, that you, like what, so you don't, you don't believe in organized religion. No. Don't believe in organized no. anything. I do believe right. that there's, you know. I, I kind of believe, you know, it's like this this stupid concept that everybody's into now is like the universe. Uh, energy, I do believe in energy because that's something that is real and, um, and that connects all of us. And we're all made of the same stuff. So I do kind of believe that we're all, you know, individual expressions of a giant, um, you know, a, a bigger thing. Um, so I do feel connected. Maybe that is because eventually I did start taking a lot of mushrooms and doing a lot of psychedelics. I don't really feel, you know, like connected. There's something greater than me and that I am just a very small piece of whatever that is. You're just floating about the universe. Yeah, I believe that. I mean, I don't, we I don't know. Nothing. I don't know, man. I, I don't believe, I don't, I don't believe in hell. That's for fucking sure. And if I, if, if there is a hell, I really hope I go there. <laughs> Um, Because it's going to be more fun. Well, heaven, when I was a kid, I kind of thought heaven sounded like pointless because on the planet, all of our activities uh, are, are come from conflict. So everything that we do on the planet comes from some form of conflict. And conflict isn't a bad thing, right? Without conflict, evolution wouldn't have happened, right? Because everything would have been so simple, we wouldn't have grown. Wow. So I hadn't thought of that before. Yeah, conflict it creates everything. Conflict is the creator. Um, you know, So you can't have huh. peace. If you have peace, nothing happens. So I always thought that heaven sounded like ridiculously uh, pointless, you know? 
because there would be no conflict. Yeah, there would be nothing. There would be no reason, no reason to grow, nothing to learn. I mean, how do you learn stuff without conflict? I mean, the conflict of being hungry teaches you how to hunt. That's a that's a conflict. Uh, it's like I'm hungry, I'm hungry. Uh, this sucks. That's a conflict, and it's like, okay, what am I going to do to feed myself? Well, I better learn how to kill these animals and cook them and whatever. I mean, literally, if we just got here and there were no problems, this is a Garden of Eden, basically. Yeah, yeah. So that's what they, and that's why they. Eve had to eat the apple to create conflict so they could grow because what else was the point? Everything was given to them. There was, everything, everything was, was given there. to them. It, they would have been like my 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 uh, my ex roommate or something. They would have been like <laughs> just completely oblivious. And then also it's like <laughs> I used to just fuck all day long. Okay, when I was younger, I did do that. Like I would just fuck all day long. But I can't imagine like an eternity of fucking all day long and eating fruit. You know, like eventually, right, right. right. I wouldn't even be able to taste it. The orgasm would just become a secondary state of my, you know. Of your existence. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Because it just becomes the, that's the world. Where do you, well, it's like, if it's the whole concept behind the Buddhism. You have to have the light to have the dark. If you, if you don't understand, have darkness in your light, then how do you know what light is? And how do you know what dark is? Unless there's a dichotomy. Right. Duality. So I guess duality. I believe in duality. Yes, yeah. I believe in that because we need it. And and it's, I mean, it's hard to come to terms with because it's very frustrating and we think that things should be better. Uh, I don't believe that. I don't believe things should be better. I don't. I don't because I... Like, like in the society as a whole, like we as people should be better or things should be easier or... Yeah, any of it. Yeah, yeah, be, yeah. I don't. I don't think that society should be better than what it is. I feel like it's probably progressing exactly the way that it should. I don't think that individuals should be better than they are because, I mean, you can't. I mean, if you're someone who's just, I've met those people. I've met hyper religious people when they were children. And, you know, they grew up in this family and they never made any mistakes. And then they go out into the world and and it's like, and if they stick with that their whole lives, then it then it's no it's no conflict because they're not questioning it. But then if they go out there and then they try something new, I mean. I mean, the amount of guilt I've seen some of these religious people they did but a that's drug that's conflict though They're, that's that's conflict well they guilt smoked creates. weed and it's just like they they can't even handle I, I, yes that is conflict but it's also like I mean I'm gl- glad that they get to have that experience but the amount of pain that they put themselves through Right, like for example, people who are super religious, but they're gay, and then they're like, "I can't be gay because of my religion," and so now I'm going to try to do some sort of conversion, like the the Mormons that are right. gay can't right. there can't be gays. Right, you can't no. be Mormon and gay. No, you can't be Mormon and gay. And then and I've met Christians who, and also you can't be Christian and gay. Right, I mean, and so I met those. Some of them, some of them. Some of these churches are accepting, but I mean, I figure if your religion as a whole doesn't accept you, I mean, and then they, and so now they've got this conflict an of abomination they're bad right, their right, existence right. is bad and then so it's just an extra burden as far as i don't know i don't know i just feel like that's kind of it, it, it trips people up and then to have to work through that much extra stuff i mean your sexuality is already going to be a sensitive thing right and then now everybody in your church is like hey p.s you really got to stop sticking your you know your dick in buttholes or, you know and, unless it's a woman's butthole then we don't really care you right, know right, but right, right. you know or what i don't know it's just it, i just feel like it's uh, yeah it's uh what is that was it when it's um you know they they pain or injury uh, insult to injury injury to insult. no yeah insult to injury yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, once you're hurt, you're like, "Fuck you!" I just I, I, there's so much of religion is based on guilt that it's sort of like I guess the 
that's the conflict in the religion that helps you grow to somehow be a better person by doing less things that make you guilty, except that they tell you the things that are supposed to make you feel guilty. So right. like, I don't think that smoking pot is a problem. In fact, I love it and I do it all the time and it's great medicine. Right. And I still have great conflict with my parents because they were raised, they are so religious that they think that pot is destroying the temple of your body and therefore but I drink a lot too but they drink a lot but somehow that doesn't destroy the temple like God's cool with alcohol but not with I'm like what come on that's the thing God has got some really weird ideas they don't line up uh, at all and uh, oh okay I got distracted there I I just yeah my parents yeah they didn't do that to me so I had these because they were in this cult they leave this cult and then after that it was kind of like Alyssa uh, do what feels good for you, basically. Huh. What What do you want? What feel? And so I had this really. I mean, I did have a pretty intense moral uh, code as a as a young person, where you know I definitely was like, okay, I figured there should only be a couple laws, like don't rape, don't kill, you know, don't kidnap. That that's in there. So right. Don't steal, sure. which is you know, and then you know, Carlin broke broke it down. I just rewatched that video of the oh, Ten Commandments. He broke it down to two commandments. I'm kind of with him on that, sure. you know. Don't murder, don't steal. Don't murder, don't steal, don't you know? Yeah, and stealing is lying. So don't lie, don't kill, and de- you know, don't fuck with other people's bodies, basically. Um, but but yeah, my parents so they never gave me any kind of like structure as far as what was bad. You know, when I started smoking weed, I mean, they were doing hallucinogens when I was right? nine in front of me. So sure, when I started smoking weed, they were like, Alyssa, are you know, are you aware of what this could do to you and blah blah blah. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it makes me high, and uh, my grades are my grades are still good. Um, so you know, and then you know, with alcohol, with with most drugs, I mean, at a very young age, my dad told me he was like and my mom supported this and it was Alyssa if you ever want to do drugs you just come to us because wow. you don't we don't want you buying your drugs from strangers so we know what the good drugs are yeah and that's we'll it. get you good drugs. we'll get you good drugs and that's what my dad would say and I didn't actually like asking him for for good drugs so I would just steal uh, good drugs from well, my you dad you can't ask your dad for meth can you I mean well, when is he, meth ever good no I just I think what I took from him was like it was weed I stole a lot of weed from my dad a lot of mushrooms and a lot of MDMA oh wow yeah and his his ecstasy my dad's got he had the good shit he when I was a kid yeah shit. Yeah, so I didn't yeah. ask, but I got it from the source. Sure, and he knew who took his drugs. Sure. So he was like, "If you're gonna dump your spinal fluid, honey, yeah, yeah, do it with some B12." Yeah. <laughs> the, oh God. Oh God. <laughs> I love it. the ecstasy freaks taking the B12. You yeah, know, like just what? The, just, just stop. Just stop, you guys. I mean, it's helpful. Well, they but believe. You know, that it's the same thing. Like some people believe in echinacea and they take it every morning, and they're like, "I never get sick because I take echinacea," or "I always take my B12s, and so I don't get depressed." And it's like, well. No, I don't believe. I don't take any supplements of any kind. I let's. I, I think it's all a racket. I think that vitamins in pill form. I feel like the cavemen or women people people have been surviving for millions of years without vitamins. We just started that this last. Uh, well, years. we basically oh, we so need to eat all that shit. Yeah. Well, no, vitamins came up because uh, food has no nutritional value anymore. Right. So we destroyed food. Agriculture destroyed the nutritional value of food because sure. creating any kind of... I've done a lot of farming. And so whenever you create a monocrop of something, you you uh, you destroy the the immunity, you know, the immune system of the crop, essentially. Sure. Because diversity keeps the plants alive, 
right? So that's why permaculture is so rad because you've got all these things growing. You have just enough. You're not trying to overproduce. But monocrops immediately get diseases. If you're cloning plants or anything like that, they they lose all of this genetic information. They lose all this. Sure. So yeah, the food has no nutrients in it, and then it's like, okay, give us these vitamins that we can't digest. It doesn't actually fix the problem, but that's why vitamins. You know. I think that people have been fucking with the weed so much now with the cloning and with the mothers and having all female plants i think that bringing the male plant back isn't a terrible idea now that's blasphemous in the pot farming community they're like male plants why would you i think there's cannabinoids in male plants that are really probably helpful to our systems yeah yeah and that we can instead of doing all this cloning we should be just letting the plants propagate when i yeah when i grew weed i i I started telling them because what was happening with the clones is first of all a bunch of stoners are making these clones (laughs) so you can't be sure of what the strain is actually Right, they're telling you it's a strain of something, but if they just got high one day and, and put the wrong label there, sure. yeah. And so, but what was happening was we were getting the same clones or clones from the same person for a while, and um, now the plants. Uh, so the, a plant grows; it's got its roots in the ground. It should be able to sustain itself, right? So if the plant gets to be 15 feet tall, the root stock should be strong enough to hold sure. it up, and the clones would just snap. It would rain, and their branches would just huh. break. Seed plants, much hardier, they can actually support themselves. So I started telling all the growers I knew, and the you know the grower I was working with, I was like, hey, we need to do seed plants because these clones are, I mean, they could not handle a rainstorm, sure. and that's not weed. Weed is a hardy-ass plant. Well, so it, the difference is that they were trying to use co- cloned plants in an outdoor grow, uh, mm-hmm. you know, cloned plants in an indoor grow. You're constantly there. You don't want them to have a crazy root structure because you want to keep them in as pretty as small a pot as you can because you've got to move that dirt around and you've got. I mean, on an indoor grow, I get it, but on an outdoor yeah. grow, yeah, grow them from seeds, man. Propagate well, those babies. I know it's tough. I know that you have to scarify and germinate, and it takes a long time. And I've I've raised from seeds, and like out of six seeds, four plants grew, and then my cat ate three of them, so there was only one that I actually got to smoke. <laughs> yeah, but. I grew them from seeds and it, yeah. was, it was great fun. Yeah. I mean, in the sex thing, it was just a matter of, I mean, I think the amount of, I don't know what the deal with, I actually don't know how to sex a plant to save my life because usually they were either sex seeds when I got them right, or whatever. But yeah, I did have to kill a bunch of males this last summer because somebody brought a male plant in and then, it and then more, they just but turned, they just turned, they, they just they turned. Just male. Just no, so I have a theory though that, that, Although we say, well, we'd like to smoke it and it gets us high. That's just the THC cannabinoid. So the, the plant, though, has all of these other, there's what we've identified, 52 active cannabinoids thus right. far. And there's more that they're identifying. And the, and the Israelis have been doing tests for years. And finally, in the United States, we're able to do testing. For 37 years, we were only allowed to do testing on why weed was bad for you. <laughs> As So for government funding for a test, the only way to do it was you're trying to look for the bad things about marijuana as opposed to the good things so suddenly we're going oh wow there's all these like thca doesn't get you high but if you have a cold and you slam a bunch of thca you're not going to get a cold right it's nuts like the way that the different cannabinoids can heal your body or whatever so i think that male plants are an important component if we want to have like a holistic view 
of using the plant with and they will flower and they will i mean you'll just have seeds in the flower and they don't have as many trichromes and then i mean a lot of the weed industry it's all cosmetic stuff now oh yeah they just love to trim that bush up yeah i don't know why they gotta trim the bush no i know so when i was stealing weed from my dad as a child you know as a teenager i think i started when i was like 12 13 i started taking it from him 13 i started actually taking it and yeah i think 12 i was just sneaking their pipes and taking a hit every once in a while but uh, and my mom got me high one time, but she didn't know I had already stole her weed and smoked it. But, but uh, I remember just going. He had um, my mom, and they they got a divorce when I was rather young. And right before the divorce, for about a year, my dad lived in a fifth wheel on the property. Oh, because they were just doing the separation, sure. and, and they were like, "Well, okay, you go to the fifth wheel. I'll, we'll stay in the house." And so I would go to my dad's fifth wheel, and there would just be a giant cola, a stick, and it still had, I mean, most of the big leaves were taken off, but you'd sure. have a little bit of the shade leave on there, and you just take a butt off, and it was some of the best weed ever. Yeah. And but that's how he would get it, was just a, a huge, you know, a foot long yeah. cola. Absolutely. And, and it was beautiful. And now we're like, we, yeah, we chop oh, these Oh, we need to have it. It's the same thing. It's we got to trim the bush. It's the same thing. Why you got to trim the bush? I'm not it's trimming the bush. bush. I do believe I don't in trim that. The, well, the thing is, I don't, I don't trim my pits. Yep. I don't trim my bush. And uh, I like to let it grow free. I'll trim it sometimes, but Trimming. I just give it a little trim. A little trim. A little trim. But... You, we really don't finger fuck the bud, man. Like the more you trim it, the more trichromes are on your finger. The more finger hash you have. Why do we got? It? But we love this manicured. We've we've taught everybody to come to a weed store and to be like, oh, it looks so tight. These buds and it's like. Leave them. Why you gotta finger fuck the bud, bro? Well, and the leaves. I mean, the leaves are. Good. I mean, it's not like. I mean, because so it's funny because yeah, I've been doing. I've been in the pot world since I was like seventeen. I mean, I started selling it when I was sixteen, but I started like growing it when I was uh, seventeen, eighteen, and then it was like. Uh, I mean, the weed I personally smoke is. I I will take bags of shake or whatever or the the bee buds when you're trimming it and those sure. itty bitty buds. I call them niblets. Yeah, the niblets. Mm-hmm. That's all I smoke. And then people yeah. are like, "Wait, don't you want the good stuff?" And I was like, "Dude, this is." This is the, the good, good stuff. stuff. It's yeah. literally the same exact plant, a smaller bud, right. easier to break up. Yeah. Most well, we break it up anyways. I mean, well, I used to just take the whole bud and stick it in, but now Jonathan has changed all of my weed etiquette. He just loves to pull it apart and make it easily smokable, which I completely understand. And yeah. I, I do it his way now. But I, if I'm alone smoking out of my bong, I just take the whole thing and stick it in there. But whatever, weed smokers, we got our things. I believe, I believe in weed. This is my new theory, what I want to do, is I want to get a goat. And so I want to feed the goat weed. And then milk it. Milk the goat. And then there's gonna. Ma- I'm gonna make th cheese. Hey, yes. What if we took goats and we fed them all of the stalks and stems and whatever? Like eat the weed. Goat. Well, I would love it. Yeah. They'd love goats it. eat anything. Goats will eat anything. They'd, They'd love star it. thistle. Star thistle for Christ's sake. Yeah, which is like. It's nearly. I mean, there's no way I could chew it. I could eat uh, weed, no problem. Sure. But I can't eat star thistle. But they could eat. I mean, you could use your whole plate, give them whatever you want. So, but that's the beauty of it is it's, it, I, I came, it came from a joke because I was saying, oh, I want to learn how to pump my breast milk, um, to make, you know, cause I, I smoke so much weed that there'd be so much <laughs> THC in my breast milk that oh, if I turned God. it into cheese, I'd make THC. But then I realized like, that's silly. And I'd have to pump my breasts, which I don't really want to do cause it's annoying. And I've heard kind of painful, but I yeah. could make myself. I learned. I read all these blogs online. You can make yourself lactate. So, yeah, just but, get pregnant and then abort that shit. Well, you know? <laughs> but you can actually, without even being that, you can you can milk if you stimulate your breasts enough. 
even without being pregnant, you can lactate. That's how the, 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 oh God, what do they call it? Wet nurses. Yeah, wet nurses. Or um, people who are adopting babies, sometimes they want to breastfeed their baby and so they'll breast pump months and months in advance. The baby comes, they have breast milk, blah, blah, blah. Also, you get to eat more food and you burn more calories. How exciting. I'm like, oh, let's get some breast milk going. Bigger tits. Bigger tits. Burn more calories. Bam. Yeah, it sounds good for me. And the thing is, I just, I mean... I think that it's silly that I don't recycle this THC that I'm putting in my body, right? Yeah. But if you, if I had a, if I had a goat, oh, dude, it's genius. Thank you. No, I, I think so because I, I, I think was I'm just the reading. Person alive. No, no, because well, I was just <laughs> reading about these fish because the islands of plastic. So my mom actually predicted the islands of plastic. She predicted they would spy on us through our devices. Sure. That microwaves would kill all the nutrients and yeah. that what was yeah. the other thing? She was like Alex Jones having. Did, did you know though about the? They, they did a study. The, there's a Japanese guy who did a study with microwaves and plants, and he microwaved water. He had he had three right. He had like bottled water tap water and microwaved water and the plant that he fed the microwaved water died yeah 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 literally it kills everything my mom my mom actually no this was funny we got she we she grandma she we didn't have a microwave mom cooked everything from scratch we i think we did have a toaster oven but no microwave toaster oven's not the same and uh and we had a crock pot we had all those other good fun things and uh but grandma brought us a microwave one christmas and my mom i remember she looked at the box and she said what is this mom mom what is this box and she goes it's a microwave everyone has one you need to have one right and my mom took the box and walked it out of the house and was like, take, you know, because grandma wouldn't take it. So mom had to, she put it in the trunk of the, the back in their car. And grandma was like, what is wrong with you? And uh, yeah. Oh, there's someone's calling That's us. That's okay. It's probably Sweet Kale. Okay. Okay. Sorry, Sweet Kale. We're just not in the mood right now. Well, she doesn't listen anyway. So it's just, she just wants to talk. Oh. Because she's lonely. Oh, you know, I, I get that. You know, it's, it's like, it's like community service when we talk to her. But you know, now they to. talk to Alexa. I hear people are talking to their like hello google i had this woman after a show the other night tell me she was really lonely she alexa's like, a person alexa is a device that uh, you oh. talk to it and you say alexa call mom alexa repeat the last song you just do voice commands whoa and it controls your devices in your home or something who is alexa and what is she storing this information somewhere she, exactly she's got a little box and then you just talk to her and tell her what to do and that's i've heard that some people are now it's like that movie, uh, she or her. Right, her, her. with um, Yeah, it's like yeah. that. That he falls, well, but that's the thing is a bunch of people fell in love with the same operating device. And so then, then there's, they're jealous of the machine. I'm like, what is going on in this movie? I, it's I, real, right? I mean, I can see people. Well, the loneliness thing is like, I, I've been single for nearly seven years. And oh, I'm wow. like, I actually just found a recording of me and my last fiance, uh, because I, I was I was tra- transferring all this data from my phone. And I found this recording of me and Django uh, from fucking six years ago because we kept fucking for a long time after we broke up but um uh oh my god love what a thing wow i do believe in that but i've been single for so long the loneliness factor Mm. it's like i do i go home and i'm alone most of the time usually my roommates are not awake when i get home or they're not there when i wake up or whatever but the loneliness thing it's like i don't know like i don't know what i do for that like i have friends sure but um, yeah, I don't feel that loneliness. Do you, do you have you heard about the the new thing that's happening in Japan? There's over a million dudes, ages 18 to 34, who haven't left their house in more than a year, their apartment. Oh my god! This is like a, it's a new phenomenon that exists where they haven't seen the sun. They don't go outside. They haven't left. They work from home. They play their video games. They have all their food delivered. 
they have they just don't leave. well i'm meeting people like this here in san francisco who just don't leave they don't leave i mean i mean that's what i you know i've, I've experienced this because i was living with someone who's in the tech world and and that was kind of their thing they work from home they can work from wherever but they work from home they order all their food they get like toilet paper delivered to their house they don't wow. even you know because you got amazon prime delivering all sure, your sure. your staples and 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 uh, they do groceries now amazon yeah it's crazy. Yeah, amazon well then you got instacart if you actually want most of these guys can't cook for a shit so they just do caviar or uber eats or whatever the hell the other food delivery thing is pre-made but yeah i can totally see it i mean i don't doubt that at all a million a million people a million men that we should just kill right now you guys haven't left their house i do believe that those men should die i do believe that i believe in that i believe that those guys what a waste of space like those apartments we could ship all the homeless people from everywhere and put them in those places places. then they would leave they would they They would go outside they would go they and they would probably they probably all know how to cook and they probably are decent in bed you know just give them a shower and a couple outfits and they're gonna be killing it (laughs) they're really good at talking to people they're great Talk to, talk. Yeah. very non-judgmental very yeah. understanding well I, I love homeless guys or people in general but I, I don't know if that's the they, correct term there was a lady on the bus today who I thought in the beginning I thought she was on the phone right because she's having a conversation and I didn't realize it was with all of us on the bus I thought <laughs> that she was talking on a phone and I'm reading my book and and I look up and I'm like oh no no she's not on the phone at all she's She's talking to, to all. She's talking to us, and it was tough. I was hearing snippets, and I was like, "This doesn't make any sense." She was like, "I think she said ghost fucking at one point." I think they're channeling about, something. <laughs> maybe, but I was like, oh, "I just can't even." I just kept reading. I'm like, "How can I?" I just don't even want to interact. I just can't even do it. Well, like, you can't. But I mean, the cool thing is, I mean, like the ones that aren't, you know, the people that aren't crazy, but that are in that position. And I don't think homeless is politically correct. I don't know what the word is. But I, I like to say questionably housed. Questionably housed. Yeah. yeah. And so there's the, there's the mental illness factor. But then I think a lot of them, I think the cool thing about them is that they have nothing to lose. Ah. They've lost everything. So then the guy that, that so I look at uh, yeah. someone that is questionably housed and I think, well, this this guy actually has more, uh, it, it, he, he He's because the the rich guy on the corner, he's got everything to lose. And if he lost it, mm. he wouldn't be able to handle it. He would be no, that he, woman talking to themselves. Right. right? Crack right away. Crack you immediately. Just, well, I mean, if you take someone's I don't have a smartphone, but if you take someone's smartphone away from them for like four hours, they might crack. They might you crack. Know, they'd be like, I can't do it. I need to know what's going on on Facebook. Or, you know, like, what? <laughs> seriously. But. I mean, it's it's actually a fun game to try to play with yourself. Can you leave? I've left my phone accidentally at home. Yeah. And there was a moment of panic where I was like, <gasps> do I have to go back? And I was like, no, you know what? I can leave my phone for a day. Yeah. And the world will not fall apart. No. It's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. And even if the, the world did fall apart, I mean, you know, it's like, you know where you live. Right. You know, you know, and I, I actually, that was a problem because I stopped memorizing phone numbers. Oh, I have no idea who anybody's, yeah. anybody's phone number is. Yeah, which is a problem. I need to go, because when I was a kid, I had a, a dozen gazillion. Sure. I mean, everybody's number was in my head. I remember my home phone number. Oh, I, eight, yeah. 8200294. And I remember my grandma's because she was in... Uh, it was 408-238-3971. I can't believe I can still remember that. That's great. Yeah, 2422. Uh, so it was 692, and then my 24 is my dad's birthday, 22 is my birthday. 
So yeah, that was easy. And then 692-1190. And then my dad's cell phone number has been the same since he got a cell phone. Yeah. So that's like 20, 20, 20 years. I remember because he got one of those boxy ones back in the day. The it's, ones so, I, it's so funny because I actually have had my cell phone for 20 years now because I got my first cell phone in 1997. I remember I got my first cell phone. And that was 20 years ago. Yeah, that's dude. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I just changed my phone number and not, it was so funny because everyone that I sent my number to asked me if it was a stalker <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's not. It's just that I've had this Jersey number since I moved to New York, which was five, six years ago or whatever. It was 2011. Yeah. So, and so I got, I, and I was in Jersey for one month. So I ended up with this Jersey number. I moved to New York after a month and, you know, in Jersey. And I'm like, now I'm stuck with this Jersey number. So everybody in New York's looking down on me. Right. And then I moved to California and everyone is going, oh, Jersey, you're from, you're from Jersey. And I'm just so sick of having to explain What's people. What's wrong with Jersey? Newark, New Jersey is a lovely place. It's right by the city. There's it's nothing like, wrong with the state itself. It's a lovely place. It's a really beautiful place. And uh, no, I just thought it was interesting. Like I never, understood the area code whatever um, you know judgment but New Yorkers definitely look at you funny when you give them a 201 and because uh, they're 212 or something I can't remember the other one and so and when I'm dating on when I'm doing online dating or whatever the the, the guys are like oh so you're from Jersey and, and then they have all these crazy preconceptions ideas. yeah yeah and you're I'm like, like I know who she is you they got fake I got yeah. fake nails and fake tits and I'm like did you see the pictures of me guys yeah. did, did you, you see those you pictures they're just swiping right so do you, do you believe in internet dating has it been working for you no I mean no 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 I'm not no I don't do Tinder or OkCupid I'm on FetLife and then I basically just fit, tell them FetLife Fet and I don't even do that anymore not VetLife like they're all veterinarians no they're all fetishists fet life f-e-t fet. fetishists fetishists and it got it got weird they like feet they like feet and other things yes you your fetish can be anything your fetish can even just be that you're vanilla huh so your fetish so they, but on there they have like a lot of categories so you can list yourself as being dominant a brat uh you know there's all these different a roles brat? that's a thing a brat is someone yeah who likes dominant men but doesn't listen to them Right? So that's kind of... I'm a brat by default because I don't listen to anyone, right? Like, and so they're like, oh my God, you're such a brat. And I'm like, well, you're really bad at being a dom. So like, get the fuck out of here. Like, I am wow, a dominant... Funny. I'm a dom. If, if I was going to categorize myself, I would say that I'm a dominant personality who really likes to be with dominant personalities. So can't we just be two dominant as people who dominate ourselves in the same room? Why do you got to dominate me? Why do I got to dominate you? I have no desire to dominate another human being that's way too much responsibility it's just annoying it's yeah it's true i want to dominate myself you dominate yourself and then hopefully we can come together and fuck or something <laughs> jesus i mean but i know guys who tell me what to do or get i just i do believe in having um massive amounts of self-respect even if no one else likes it <laughs> right just massive amounts i don't believe in giving head i don't I, I, unless i'm in I, love i don't anymore oh i suck the shit out of jango's dick man i just suck that di now no i don't suck dick i don't want to i don't want to i don't like you i don't i mean i like you enough but i don't love you and right. uh and dicks are gross and it's usually you know they're not even hard well, anymore i love my boyfriend but he only showers like once a week yeah you can't so, suck that right i i mean but it's the same thing he's like always wants to go down on me and i'm like honey i i haven't showered in they I don't mean, care they don't i mean my I just, well you're, i don't i we both and not that we're the question is are we water are, i like to do it under the guise of i am a water saver i'm a i'm worried about the the water wars 
that's what's going to fuck us all. So I am very good at conserving water. Yeah. Also, I am lazy as fuck. And I don't, I mean, I just, I'd rather, I'd rather take the time to smoke another bowl and have a cup of coffee than to take a shower. Yeah. If I have, if I have like 10 minutes in my morning, yeah. I prefer to smoke weed and drink a cup of coffee than to take a shower. Oh God. Well, I, okay. So I'm a shower addict. Um, I mean, it's not really. I shower once a day. Um, it depending twice a day on because I used to do a lot of uh, you know I used to do a lot of manual labor, so I would actually get dirty, sure. you know, and uh, yeah. and you come home and you're dirty, and sometimes you just shower in the in the garden, you just spray yourself off, and but no, usually I would you know I would shower in the morning to wake myself up, and then I would shower at night. Now I just shower once a day because I never get that dirty. When I was a teacher, I showered every day because I didn't want to, <sighs> and I always shower before I have to babysit because I don't want to smell like alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> So when I was around children, when I was teaching, but the problem with my body too, and it's weird, like if I eat garlic, I smell like garlic. Yep. If I drink alcohol, I smell like alcohol. Even if I've only had like one beer, yep. you smell it on me for a long time. It's just the way it is. Well, you're small. We're small bodies too, so I think small bodies because we metabolize stuff. Right. So I just, uh, I just drink a ton of water, and guys, same. My pussy tastes like water. So oh, that's nice. Yeah, I just drink. I don't drink any sodas, and I don't, oh, and so I don't. I mean, I, I will eat cheese fries if I want to eat cheese fries and that kind of stuff. But most of my meals, I cook at home. You know, like <laughs> if I want a Snickers, I'm eating a Snickers. There are those sure. people that are like, oh, I don't eat anything processed. I'm like, no, honestly, sometimes I really like that fake cheese all over my my fries. See, I am I I love candy, but I only like specific pre-made candy or see like I I like Twix. Oh, yeah, I get that. I like Junior Mints. Mm. But I'd rather get a C's candy and get like their mints cuz I love those. I love peppermint patties, all that shit. But I mean Sees yeah. candy. Oh, I'll eat a piece of that any day. Yeah, it's weird. I'll Anytime. go. I'll go like a whole. I'll go whole months where sugar just never sounds good. Somebody huh. will offer me something yeah. sweet, and I'll be like, nope, nope. And then I'll go through like a whole month of just like, yes, yeah, sugar. The sugar. Yeah. Same with milk. I I very rarely drink milk, but there there'll be a couple times a year where I crave it. And I'll just drink gallons of it. Yeah. And then I'm done with it for another year. It's eggnog time is coming. <gasps> oh, I eggnog love eggnog time. Yeah. I believe in eggnog. I fucking love eggnog. Eggnog is the shit, but not the stuff that's like too sweet. Oh no, I like I like it. I like it in a carton. I like it in a glass bottle. I like it cheap. I like it. Just don't give it to me light. Sometimes I oh, the light is bullshit. This bullshit. Yeah. But I'll take the heavy stuff and I'll mix it with half milk. Yeah. Because then I'm just like, oh. No, that's the perfect sweetness. Actually, that's what I was doing the last time I got. Pumpkin pumpkin pie, eggnog, these are seasonal foods. I really... Here's the big trick. This is one of my favorite tricks if you like to cook at home, and especially if you're out there and you have any kind of ice cream machine. If you want to make the easiest ice cream, you just buy eggnog and put it in your ice cream machine because it already has the eggs and the sugar and the fat and you just put it in the damn machine and turn it on and now you have eggnog ice cream oh yum yeah you can even flavor it with something else if you wanted if you wanted to like take chocolate syrup or you you could put little you put anything you want it's basically just perfect the way it is it is it's just eggnog ice cream dude yeah god yeah seasonal food i don't do the holidays like i didn't do anything for thanksgiving 
Well, I mean, it has to do with like, I mean, that, that ties into religion because it's like we have these rituals that we as Americans respect. We all go, we on the last Thursday of the month, we're all going to celebrate the pilgrims. And, and thank God. Eat I'm, like pigs. Be American. I really am. I'm like, I, the more, the older I get, my parents were total pains in the asses because, you know, they were, because they were, because their parents, they're always, they're always hard. But I'm, but I'm like, uh, I'm so grateful. I remember my mom asking me when I was like 16, or I told my mom. When I was in, you know, in my later teen years and, and, and that I didn't believe in God. And she was like, wait, you don't believe in God? And I was like, no. And she was like, oh, my God, that's so sad. And I was like, mom, what are you talking yeah, about? Well, huh? Like, you didn't want me going to church. You didn't ever take me. Like, you told me that I could believe whatever I wanted. Right. And she was like, yeah, but God isn't like a man. It's a thing. It's like something greater than you. God's like, she goes, I believe in God. And I was like, I had no idea, mom. All these, I mean, like, I, lit- I had no idea. And she was very sad because Scott looked at her and she, he was like, I don't believe in God either. You know, and so me and my brother are both like, what? Mom's believed in God this whole time. Yeah, where have we been? What? what? But we didn't do. No, we. They. My dad uh, stopped doing. Okay, so uh, he had this dream uh, that uh, if he kept cutting down the trees, the trees were going to kill him. Wow. So, because he does a lot of landscaping stuff, sure. and so a lot of construction. Very people, M Night Shyamalan. Yes, and they'll just well, they'll just cut, they'll just plow through when you're doing landscaping stuff or when you're doing building, you know, because he would do a lot of roads, pads, septics. So he would just plow through the trees. He wouldn't try to uh, go with the flow of the land. Sure. And he would take down way more trees than were necessary. So this hundred year old oak tree we had in our front yard told him that when it died, he would die. Wow. And so he woke up and he was like, "You guys, I I gotta stop cutting down trees. Like I have to." find a way to cut down as few trees as possible so for christmas my dad would bring in a manzanita bush if you've seen them they have red wood and they have green leaves and green leaves that almost look like a money tree leaf they're little they're little green just very circular leaves very cute but it's a fucking bush and he would bring this into our house and we would decorate because manzanita is not you know it's just it's it'll grow like wildfire and it causes wildfires so he, he didn't feel terrible about trimming that bush. Nope. Yeah. Cut down the manzanita bush. Well, and it was fine because for clearing that stuff, it was mainly a fire hazard. In California, you got to clear wow. a lot of those bushes. So yeah, we didn't have Christmas trees ever after that. But you still decorated a bush. We would decorate the bush. And then not too long after that, we stopped doing that entirely um, because it was, it was a money thing. And my dad and my mom were like, so you guys, basically, we want to take you to Hawaii. But if we do, you don't get any presents. Oh. And my brother and I were, you know, like, well, yeah, fuck presents, man. Let's go to Hawaii. Hawaii. Like, Hawaii sounds rad. Sweet. Uh, So we would forfeit. It was always a negotiation, but we would forfeit that kind of celebration thing. And my grandparents would buy us stupid plastic crap anyway. So it's not like we needed more toys. Right. But yeah, we kind of just forfeited that. I I babysit some small children and they have... I, I can't remember having that many toys. Oh. I mean, I don't remember having that. There are so many toys in some of the houses that I, I'm like, how many? I have, a, I have one little friend. She has like 12 dollhouses. Yeah. I had one dollhouse. Why do you need 12 dollhouses? So you can make a dollhouse city, and she does. She puts her dollhouses out, and she makes like a little dollhouse city and plays with the dolls. But it takes, to set up the dollhouse city takes longer than even... I would have ever played with dolls. Do you right. Know, like, right. <laughs> oh, no. I don't understand the kid with the toys thing. I don't get it. So many things. 
Yeah, I'm no, I recently was taking care of my one of my best friend's sons, and uh, he is so funny. Yeah, this boy is so spoiled. It was hard buying him a birthday present, you know, because it was his birthday and he I had to so get him something. Things. And he didn't have a lot of books, so I got him a book. I always buy kids books because that, to me, was one of my, one of my favorite things when I was a kid. I was like books and rocks. I really I loved rocks. rocks. Uh, yeah, yeah. Polished rocks? No, not even crystals. necessarily crystals. Sometimes polished. Sometimes just random. I had a very large rock collection, but huh. yeah, I just loved them. I don't know why. And uh, rocks and books. And this kid, yeah, he's got all these toys, and I and I went through his room and I put everything that I thought was no longer age appropriate in a bag yeah i was like hey can you just look at this stuff because i'm sure there's a kid who would actually because that's what my every my dad did this to us all the time my mom my dad what toys aren't you playing with and they would just take them and they would sure. say i haven't seen you use this in a while and then they would give them to children who were poorer than us we were poor <laughs> it was like oh really dad really you're gonna take that are you sure like no you don't play with it anymore it's not you know so there was never an excess and then like toys it was just kind of like I'm so glad my parents were like, uh. No, it's I'm really important to not have to, and especially growing up in America. I mean, hoarding, there's what, 18 million people now that are diagnosed as hoarders, meaning that their lives are unlivable because of the stuff they've collected in their living space. So much. 18 million Americans have a disorder that is created by America. It's like, it's an excess. Well, and it's so we're gross. such jerks. Well, so okay, so I've been like I have I haven't had a job. Okay, I don't know if your other guy's showing up, but I'll talk to him no, until no, he does. Talking. Yeah, because uh, so I haven't had a job in four and a half years. Uh, I, I do work uh, very rarely, and I will work. Usually, it'll be a month, uh, like a uh, thirty days in a row, up to sixty days in a row. Um, doing the weed thing or I have weird gigs in town I do data entry nude modeling I'm a chauffeur from time to time I do babysit I do all kinds of whatever I never have gotten a gig off of Craigslist or anything like that but it was this weird thing that happened and um, I realized that I couldn't live the life I wanted working for these people for $12 an hour or whatever or even $17 an hour even 20 20, and it was like I mean now I refuse to work for less than $30 an hour really I, I work for 20 yeah, I can't. Well, twenty used to be my baseline, and now yeah. I just like fuck it. I don't even like you that much. Like I don't like this right. that much, and I need to make a hundred dollars. If I'm gonna show up, I need to make a hundred dollars, and I need to make it for four hours. I mean, like twenty five. I will do that for sure. friends. I just don't work anymore. And but you mean like just not? A, I mean, I'm the same way. No W two job. I don't like have. Yes. I'm not like I. I don't get it. But let's just say I work like a tenth of what other people in my same financial situation work like what i'm saying is my neighbors work minimum wage i live in a pretty shitty apartment building they work minimum wage jobs but they work 40 hours a week and they have as little as i have right but so what happens but they're selling it but they're selling it to the man yeah Yeah. and and it's like so i'm like well because i can go back to work and i can be like you and i can suffer and make enough this make the same amount of nothing that i make now sure and what ended up happening was i just stopped buying stuff yeah me too i don't buy yeah anything. we don't buy things don't buy and then it becomes this thing where even when they do try to sell me stuff i look at it and i'm like i literally do not need that i i freaked out the other day uh i had to go into a ma- the the mall at powell so fifth and oh, fifth and market yeah. i yeah. had to go in there for something i don't remember what it was i i seriously don't remember but i lost my shit because there's so many watches. Like, I mean, 
I, I was in like a, you know, the Nordstrom or something, and I'm like, how many watches? What? I just I couldn't even conceptualize the amount of commerce that was existing. Right. And and I'm like sitting there like an alien in a foreign land. But I grew up in malls. Like what? I'm like, how has it changed so drastically that I look at this consumerism and I'm just like, why would you even want? Like I don't even wear a watch. What? <laughs> no, I mean the amount so of many watches that there is, and that's what you end up realizing. Like. I have very little things. I think I, I and I tried to a explain Fitbit. this to my roommate because he was using all my Tupperware and using all my silverware. And then I was like, "Listen, dude, if you're gonna use my things, you have to clean them and put them back. And sure. if you don't do that, and if I have to keep asking you this, first of all, that's emotional labor. Second of all, you're fucking with my life because right. I have everything I need for me. I didn't say, right. hey, P.S. When you move into my house, you can wrap your butt plugs in my kitchen towels right. and yeah. use all my fucking Tupperware. Yeah. I didn't say that. So he, we had this conversation, and it was, you know, I really love this person as a right. person sure. just not someone in my home um ever again right. like yeah. no no but he asked me roommates Ugh. oh they're awful and he said so so listen what you're saying is you need new tupperware and i said no i have exactly all of the tupperware that, that yeah. i need for me exactly i'm saying if you need tupperware buy it right and then you can leave it in your room for fucking god knows how long i don't sure. care if it grows a whole fucking factory of little back i don't care what happens to your tupperware but no i literally have everything that i need i have exactly what i need right and then and then i look and i'm like oh do i need more no i have three plates i have two mugs i have four glasses i don't need you have enough for you I well and if exactly. i need more tupperware i just i i I eat an excessive amount of sour cream. Right. We eat a lot of sour cream. No, and that's so I have Trader Joe's sour cream containers and yes. I wash them and I use them and I use them for everything. I use them over and over until they break usually sometimes. And then you wash and them. Then I, and then I then I recycle them and I've got plenty more. So it's not a big deal. It's so crazy how like we don't like most people. It's just that that thing of I think buying something. I mean, it is it's the serotonin. Well, they call it retail therapy for a reason like some people buy things to feel better about themselves right. and we're taught as americans that we have the right and the entitlement to do that that we are entitled to all of these things because yeah. that's what makes us american or whatever that we can that's our value our value right. is in what we purchase or what we're and you know i always manage to like look like i've got my shit together and mostly because one of my best friends is um She's amazing, and she goes thrift store looting, and then also anytime there's an estate sale, uh, so she'll get these bags of clothes for a sure. dollar a bag. Awesome. And then I went, you know, I went, I was spent a couple, you know, I spent some time with her over the summer, and she brings me these two garbage bag fulls of this old woman who just died, and she was a size two. Oh, right? amazing! So I have a new wardrobe. Right, right, right. And Absolutely. I look amazing. And this is like this old woman was doing retail therapy a lot before she passed away because sure. pretty much everything I got had the tags on it. Wow. So she was. Just just like loopy, going to the store buying just fifty dollar blouses, sure, and just not even. So now yeah. I have all these, and that's and that's great. Like, there's literally no reason to ever buy clothes. No, I haven't bought. I was gonna tell you this. Let me tell you, everything I'm wearing right now, even even my bra and underwear were gifted. The shoes came from Amy Bebo because they were in her trunk and she wasn't wearing them because they were too small. Nice. And she didn't want to take them back. Um, the socks were a gift from my friend Katie. These jeans were from Florentina Tanase. Nice. The belt was a gift from my friend. 
went under, but he makes belts. This t-shirt that I'm wearing, Taco Cat is Taco Cat, it's from Dominium Sims. Remember the guy who yes. we did the show with? Yes. He, he For my birthday, he's like, hey, I picked this up for you because I knew it was your birthday and and you're rad and this is something you should wear. And Taco, Cat Taco, is Cat definitely, is Taco Cat. Taco Cat. Yeah. It, and then this, and then this, um, this, even my flannel was a gift from my friend Andrea. So, Everything and the bra was a gift from the good Dr. Katie. And I just got a bra at the laundromat. This woman walked up to me, and I don't wear bras, but she wa- I'm wearing it right now, the sports bra. She walked up to me, and she's like, hey, this is a little too small for me. And I was like, are you saying I'm flat, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> and then she gave me this bra. That's I was like, badass. It was, and it was clean. She just washed it. It's, so the, my whole thing with jeans is that I don't think there's any need to buy jeans. There's so much denim in the world. There's no need to make any more denim. No more denim. We have plenty of dem- denim already already in the world. Right. I haven't bought a pair of jeans in 10 years because right. people just give them to me when they change sizes and I just don't change size. I've been a size 5 since high school so yeah. I can't even Yeah. Like well the sizes have changed because sizes have I used to be a 7 but now a 7 is a 5 because they've vanity sized everything and everything's changed. Oh, yeah. So in the 90s I was a 7. Yeah. But now that seven is a five because I'm the st- I'm the same fucking size. I'm probably technically a four, but I think I wear a zero or a two. You know, well, it's it's yeah. vanity size. So yeah. I have this one dress from Diane von Furstenberg, and it's a four. Yeah. But it, I'm a five, and I'm a, I've always was a seven before. So it's like, come on, this fucking. But if it's an expensive dress, it's always downsized because it makes you somehow feel better about yourself yeah, right because yeah. you're like I'm like I'm well and that's the thing everything out there I like everything out there is like designed to make us feel bad about ourselves and right. then to fix that it's like well we made you feel shitty and then now we're gonna make you feel better and we're so it's like having an abusive partner and I was sure. with abusive partners right so they they build you up they put you on this pedestal oh my god Alyssa you're amazing you're so amazing I love everything about you if I were a woman I would want to be you and then the next minute it's you talk too much you're fucking crazy and you know and why why is the house always so clean I mean I've had boyfriends actually get mad at me the house was too clean it didn't look like we lived there I was like okay I'm sorry like, I'm in a, that's an abusive relationship that's, that's obviously and that's it, like, but that's what the world is right right so because I've been single for so long I can see it like really easily and that's why I stay single because men do these women do it too I I used to be crazy I have this is I'll tell you really quickly at one moment I knew that I'm an insane person and I did this to my ex-husband I'm sorry my poor ex-husband this I mean he put he put up with a lot but this is before we even married and he shouldn't know anyways I was pissed at him something I was just pissed at so I threw a glass on the ground in the kitchen and then I screamed at him to clean it up what a horrible person. I was like, I was so angry yeah. that I broke I broke a glass on the kitchen floor and I was like, clean it up. Oh, well, that's what happens. You end up doing this stuff. But I really think that we have an abusive relationship with the planet. So there's billboards saying you're not good enough. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I will never be, you know, good looking enough and I'll never have enough money. Right. There's no one sure. in this, on this planet, in this yep. society, that will ever be good looking enough or have enough money. And right. that's the thing. They're going to just sell that to you over and over and over again. You don't, you're not good looking. You don't have enough money. And then here's the product, though. If you buy this thing, you could be good looking enough for right. a minute until we tell sure. you that you're not again. Sure. And that's what the abusive partner does. Right. You're amazing. Oh, never mind. You're not. And they want to control your sense of self sure. and your sense of self-worth and all that shit. It's like if anybody wow. tries oh. to play that game with me, I don't do it. So fuck society, yeah, right? Because you're I've just trying to abuse me. That, yeah. So that's, I guess that's what I <gasps> Oh, I haven't worn makeup in, God, years. I only wear it like if I have a special stage performance and I'll wear makeup. But other than that, I just, I just won't do it. 
I don't like it, and that's the same thing. The reason I wear it, you know, uh, somebody was giving me. I think it was, it was my mom. My mom gives me a lot of shit about that because she she thinks I look better with mascara, and uh, for on stage, for mascara on stage. helps people be able to see my eyes. Sure, yeah, sure, for sure. Um, but. Uh, if if it not for stage, I would never wear the stuff. I don't, I, Lipstick so, is fun sometimes. Sometimes. Well, here's the thing though: is I at this point won't wear makeup because when I wear it, people treat me differently. They actually like pay attention to me, and they're giving me too much physical attention, and I don't like it. Right. I'd rather be invisible. I like wearing boyish clothes and not having makeup because. I don't want the attention. Right. And when I wear makeup, and then when I wear makeup, I feel like, God, am I a fucking narcissist or is this true? But I get so much attention when I wear makeup that it is distracting and makes me angry. And even when I do it, like if I wear it to say brainwash or something stupid, even when all the comedians are like, Jesus, Pam, you look great. I'll be like, I'm wearing fucking mascara and lipstick. It makes me uncomfortable too. I don't like when people, I I stopped dressing up because of that. Because I was like, Every time I wore something pretty, they would be like, why are you so dressed up? Well, and where are you going? So I did an experiment. Here, asshole. Yeah, here. here. I'm going here. I did an experiment at the beginning of New Year's, like three years ago. Uh, so I was three years into comedy or whatever. And I, I thought, oh, I'm going to do an experiment. I'm going to put myself together for seven days in a row here at the beginning of the New Year's and see how people treat me differently. And holy fuck. I could only do it for three because... Like putting together cute outfits with the shoes and the makeup and the hair. It was too much attention. And I don't want to sound like a narcissist, like I'm so good looking that people kept stopping me on the street, but that's what it felt like. It felt like people were staring at me on the bus. And then I was thinking like, is this me and my perception of it? Are people, what is, what is different here? And it really was, I was getting so much attention. Well, we I carry just ourselves can't even, yeah. I couldn't even handle it. I yeah. hated it. Well, you know, I mean, I feel I feel weird about that because it's like I went through a phase where I definitely I gained about twenty pounds. I, I I've lost it since then, but and I cut off all my hair and I started dressing like a homeless boy, and um, <laughs> and I did that because I was sick of getting attention because I used to be really skinny, have long hair, and I would and I, and I and I thought, okay, well, if I make myself completely unappealing to you guys, then I'll stop getting the attention. The problem was is that I cut my hair off, I dressed like a homeless boy, and I was fat now or like fat according to society. Sure. Sure, sure. Right, and uh, I was still getting hit on. I was still getting harassed. I was still getting groped. I was still having. So even like even wearing paper bags didn't actually. And you know, my and my mom didn't make a difference. Didn't make a difference. It was still. A, I'm still a woman. I still have a vagina under that paper bag, right? And huh. and so for me, I kind of like because I, I really like fashion. I've always not in like a. In a, I've I've always liked costuming, but not like sure. legit costumes. But I feel like every day I get dressed up, and then this is the personality. Sure. And you know, and it is funny to see how people treat you differently. So I like to play with that, and I really like I like clothes, and I like I mean I don't think that much about what I wear, but I definitely like it. When I put this on in the morning, I'm like, this goes it's, with how I feel today. Sure. Yeah. And I like looking good, and that was something my parents told me when I was a kid, which was. Alyssa, always look your best. Always look as conservative as possible. Now, I don't always follow that. But they said that, you know, the more conservative you look and the more that you look like everyone else looks, the more drugs you can take is basically... Wow, that is some <laughs> smart... That, wow, that is a really great mantra. I had, I had a similar one for myself, which is that no one knows what drugs you're on unless you tell them. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. can... I learned... Um, from my ex-husband actually because he would take acid and not even tell me and I'd get pissed at him I'd be like 
like the next day he'd be like, yeah, I was on acid yesterday. And I was like, what? So I started doing that too. And I just wouldn't tell people. And it's the same thing when like, if you want to smoke, I smoke pot every day all the time and I've done it for years, yeah. but I just didn't tell anybody. Yeah. Like even when I was a school teacher, I was smoking pot before school. Yes. But unless you like act all high like a dick, they, nobody knows. Nobody knows. I was with a friend who recently smoked pot for the first time and it was so funny because, or it was like the first time and then I was the second time he had smoked weed. So right. we're hanging out and the whole time, this was not that long ago, shout out to you if you're listening, you know who you are. And the whole night he kept asking me, he was like, am I high? Do I look high? Am I acting high? And I said, the only thing high about you right now is the fact that you won't stop asking me if you're high. Like, right, if you exactly. just stop asking me... Then no one would know. No, no one, one ever knows. No one knows. Nobody knows. But you're so, you're so self-conscious. And I get it. Someone who's new at the weed thing, sure. it can make you very like that. But yeah, nobody... Yeah, don't tell anyone. Don't I mean, I was anybody. on mushrooms for nearly two years. I didn't tell anyone until yeah. the end of it. Sure. And then I told all you guys that I was high on mushrooms and that I had been high on mushrooms for oh, yeah. a very long time. I'm not currently high on mushrooms. But yeah, no, I didn't have to tell anyone. One. And if I hadn't told anyone, it would have no been one two would years. Yeah, no, Alyssa no. was high on mushrooms. Yeah, Nobody knew. I actually I, ran out of mushrooms. That's the only reason why I'm not on hilarious. mushrooms. So if you guys want to get me a Christmas present or donate to my Venmo account, my Venmo is Alyssa Mean at Venmo. Uh, I'm just going to put that out there. All these assholes are doing their stupid Go Fuck Me uh, campaign. Sure, sure. I want to do a Go Fuck Me campaign, but just send it to my Venmo. I don't want to give Go Fuck Me 7.9% plus exactly. 30 cents. They take money from these campaigns. Yeah, they I almost do. put a Go Fund Me, I mean, a Go Fuck Me thing up this morning, and I need olive oil, toilet paper, and gasoline. Ah. And I was going to ask for money for that sure, and create sure. a whole sob story. That's very um, funny. I don't, I don't buy, uh, I don't, I don't buy any paper products. I don't purchase paper products ever since I went to, to graduate school because while I was in graduate school, I considered the paper products that I took from San Francisco State to be part of my tuition. Yes. So I would go in. So yeah, I had like toilet paper with the big, big rolls or whatever. I um, still I steal toilet paper. Yeah. I'm gonna go somewhere after this podcast and steal toilet yeah, paper. I brought absolutely. my big. There's backpack. um, you know what used to be great. I don't go there anymore, uh, just because their beers are too expensive now. But Amnesia on Tuesdays. Yeah, they used to be cheap beer. It used to be cheap beer. Well, they changed ownership. Now they're hoity-toity or whatever. But they still always have multiple. You know, okay, so toilet papers problem. in their bathrooms. I so, try not to steal from businesses that I actually like. Right. So, but if they're hoity-toity now, maybe I would. But like mainly, if it's like a f- small business, it, then I don't do it. Or if I actually like them, sure. Like I try not to, you know, because then I'm like, well, fuck. Like I'm not gonna take your toilet paper. Pam. Thank you, appreciate. But that. but yeah, I definitely. I mean, anywhere that I, where do I usually go and I get hell with toilet paper? And it's usually places that give me a hard time about using their bathroom. Like, okay, fine. And I'm like, P.S. You're a dick. I'm taking all your toilet paper. Like three or four rolls. But it started, I just took a bunch from a church one day. They had 12 rolls. Wow. And I had this big. I only take one at a time. No, they had 12 rolls in there. I only took six of those rolls. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But I remember feeling like so good about it. And I was like, dude, I'm going to hit this church up. Problem is churches aren't open anymore like they used to be. They're only open when you vote or when they're open for um, for services mass or, or what have you. Service. Yeah. yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Whatever it's called. Oof. Whatever those people do. But yeah, I love taking toilet paper from church, but not black churches. Okay, yeah, because right. they don't have any, like, so it's like, I take toilet paper from... No, no, I get it. Yeah. Like, big corporations, Macy's. Macy's, and they, well, they have the wrong size rolls. But yeah, yeah, right, anywhere right, that right, I right. can where I'm like, I'm not going to come back here. The library, definitely. Anywhere that's, yeah, it's government funded. I, we're paying taxes for this. Yeah. 
part of the stipend. I take Starbucks napkins all the time. Yeah, dude. Yeah, absolutely. The sugar, I love the the sugar pack. For for years, I didn't. Well, before I started making lots and lots of pot caramels, uh, because I needed a lot more sugar. Right. I would just take sugar. So every time I was, you know, at fucking Starbucks, I just take a handful of packets because the only thing I was using sugar for was for my coffee at home anyways. So I just take a huge handful. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude, no straws. That's how I get straws. I don't even really know what I do with the straws. Sometimes I cut them up and snort cocaine out of them. Ah. Not that often. Most of the straws go to smoothies, I think. (laughs) I don't really do smoothies anymore either. Too much sugar, but... Why, what, what's the sugar stress. thing? You just don't feel like sugar? Sugar? No, I'm, um, I'm, um, technically I'm hypo something. I'm hypo something. And then I'm, if I'm so small. Hypoglycemic? I'm hypo-ish or yeah. Hypo, I have some kind of weird thing where I have to eat all the time. Or There's hyperglycemic and hypoglycemic. I don't know which opposites. one I am. I they can't figure it out. But I, I was pre-diabetic. What? Yeah. A couple years ago. Really? And I was having like fainting. What? Things. Wow. What, what kind of diet were you doing? Like, um, were you getting ketoacidosis because you were not eating enough? Because uh, like that's what happened to no, Atkins No, so that's people. my thing. I eat all the time. I eat all the time and I'm But what active. are you eating? Oh, I was eating meat. I oh, was okay. eating a lot of vegetables. I oh, okay, was eating, like, okay, no, okay. I cooked everything. Because do you, then, remember, you remember what Atkins was? Remember that yeah, diet? where just you, meat and veggies. You just, yeah, you didn't eat any carbs. But what happened was your body went into ketoacidosis so it was like a false diabetes because um your body wasn't breaking that down sugar what was happening because i wasn't doing carbs ketones in your pee but your pee was, smells funny because of the ketones yes and i was and one ketoacidosis are, yeah and they're doing this on purpose right yeah they're exactly people people give themselves ketoacidosis on purpose when they have to wait lose a lot of weight and that was atkins yes and so it's like forcing your body into a really unhealthy way well food. i think i did this on accident right it was just yeah from not eating a lot of carbs but tons of vegetables tons of meat and then i was doing these smoothies so the smoothie i wasn't able to break down the sugar or whatever it was sure and it was like a crack. It was like a just a jar of or you know, a bottle of crack. Right, with my, was my smoothie. Sure. And I started, yeah, I started fainting. I was getting blurry vision. Wow. And and wow. There was something wrong with your pancreas, and your body uh, wasn't making enough insulin. Yeah. You were making ketones, and they were coming out in your pee. And that is, it's like it's like a pre-diabetic thing. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, they, so they told me, they tested me, and they're like, oh, you're pre-diabetic. And then uh, two weeks later, stop eating sugar completely. They test me again, and they're like, oh, you're fine. There's nothing <sighs> wrong with you. So it's got, it had to be uh, keto. Ketoacidosis. Yeah, because it was yeah. too quickly of a turnaround where it's sure. like, no, now there's nothing wrong with you. Right. I was like, wait, I thought I was pre-diabetic. They're like, well, you were for a second, but it's fine. Right. And I, so, yeah, something was going on, but it was actually uh, because I was eating too well. Right. You weren't you weren't eating enough carbohydrates. Yeah. The carbohydrates are good. Now I don't worry about any of that. I, I eat don't what I want to eat. Yeah. Yeah. When I was when I was younger, I was always the world was telling me I was I mean, I, I was the same size like in high school I can still wear the cheerleading outfits that I can fit now, but right. back then I thought I was fat. So I was constantly just looking at the world and what the world was saying was pretty. And I was like, I've got these big legs. I'm so big. I'm so huge. And it's so funny because now that I'm an adult, I'm like a small person. Right. Like, I am not a big, but I thought I was fat yeah, well, when well. I was, which is so dumb because I'm the same size. But, and I was watching, I mean, I was crazy about what I ate and working out and I was just constantly you know, obsessed about what I was putting in my body, blah, blah. And now I eat whatever the, f- I, if I'm hungry, I eat. And if I'm not hungry, I don't eat. And it's not a problem. And it's I, nothing. I, I, yeah. I drink, I drink a lot of alcohol, but you know, it, that's not 
changing my body in any way either. I don't have like a beer gut and I don't, it just, it makes me crazy because all of those years I wasted in my youth thinking that I was fat. How, what a stupid. Thank God I've never had to go through that. Yeah. It's so brutal. No, they did it to my girlfriends and I was like, you're all crazy. My parents are, (laughs) no, I was like, no, I mean, I've never, and somebody actually said that to me the other day. They're like, well, we've all, it was a bunch of girls and they said, well, we've all had eating disorders. And I was like, no, not all of us. Right, it's one out of every three or something. Yeah, and I'm like, well, I'm the one person here that didn't, but I right. luckily my parents were just like, your body, I mean, like, I really did have these really crazy fucked up people that raised me, and they're so beautiful and wonderful and so fucking crazy, and, but they, the body positivity, they never, I didn't, I didn't have any kind of, my mom would give me shit if I gained 10 pounds. She'd be like, you look better when you lose 10 pounds. Really? But I never took it seriously because they're so tiny. If you gain 10 pounds, it does, it's obvious. It, it does. Huh. But I always, I like, okay, so a couple things in the winter. I don't shave my legs in yeah, the winter because it's cold, it's cold and I'm not doing that. And Lazy. I also gain 10 pounds every winter. Huh. And I lose it in the summer. And it's just. Interesting. A, I put on 10 pounds. It's cold now. I'm warmer and then I lose it by the summer and so everybody's like I gotta get my summer bod and I'm like it'll happen that's the thing that makes me crazy right now is the the new thing that everybody's bought in San Francisco the stupid Fitbit go on a walk why you gotta trace your fucking steps oh I need to know my heart rate if I'm using enough steps am I go on a walk you gotta track yourself all the time are you kidding me well when I found out that my phone tracked me I started looking at it and I was averaging like four or five miles a day anyway so That's I was amazing. like you know what I'm fine You're I don't fine. need you don't this need thing. a Fitbit I don't well I'm definitely not buying a Fitbit I'm fit is all hell you yeah, know like I am right. so fit but I'm like one of those muscular women so I'm not the ideal scrawny I'm not skinny skinny sure 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 sure. but I don't think I could be any skinnier I could well that's the thing I can never my legs will always be this size and that was what used to kill me but like but when I was you know models have the they look like Auschwitz victims you know when they're like the size zero legs that's gross what does that even mean I wouldn't have said that but I used to I used to stare at that and be like I have these huge thighs my legs are so huge I love my legs my legs are great there's no problem with them but I always thought that this there was this ideal of beauty and it's this wafy tiny thing my mom thought the same thing the waif was the hot it was the 70s look. that was that the wave yeah. oh my god speaking of waves i need to go wave yeah 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 i'll be waving i'll be i'll be waved right she'll, she'll be wave she'll be wave back. back uh you guys are listening to some call me tim here on mutinyradio.fm i'm your host pam benjamin we've been talking today to Alyssa westerlund I don't think Halby Klein is coming in. That's okay. We'll keep talking about what she believes in. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what I believe in. I believe in the show this Friday on Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. It is Broken Comedic Stories of Trauma with David Stolowitz, Ken Suzuki, Steve Poggi, Chris Kanatsar, Aviva Siegel, and headliner Natasha Muse. That's going to be coming up this Friday at 8 o'clock. Also, hosting a happy hour before that amazing show is going to be your very own Alyssa Westerland, who you're talking to right now. She's going to be the host of a happy hour this Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. That is exciting news. What uh, fun open mics we have here at the station. Uh, come be a comedian. Come to Joke Workshop on Monday and do a four-minute set and join us or just listen to whatever is happening here on Mutiny Radio. Hey, go to our website and press that donate button. Why not? 
And there's only one day left today and tomorrow, a day and a half, to apply for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. So if you're a comedian, although at this point I'm like, oh, I have so many submissions. I'm like, I'm not really, I'm not really worried. I, it's, I'm super stoked. We have so many submissions. It's going to be really, really, really difficult to only choose 40 comics. Oh, God. Only yeah, 40. Only 40. Yikes. I know. I have to cut out more than half of the submissions, and it's really fucking tough because there have only been like 12 thus far where I've been like eh, it's not gonna happen yeah, but yeah. Ever, all the other I make I'm like how do I how do I and I hate I hate saying no to people but I don't know how, I gotta well you won't have it. to do it in person you no, can I send, send them an email yeah, yeah. But that's the thing is I actually, for the past years, I send emails either way. And that's really nice because most places, if they don't choose you, they don't send you fuck all. They just don't tell you. <laughs> and then you go, am I? I'm not in. And you send them an email. But I am. No, I'm not in. No, yeah. I don't yeah. mind telling people no. I do it all the time. Well, you're a brat. Yeah, I'm a brat. And I, and I, well, it's actually, I do, I believe in that word. I believe in the word no. Ladies, say no more. Because saying yes, saying yes, it doesn't make you safer, okay? Telling guys to go fuck themselves doesn't put you in a more precarious situation, right? Like, um, like giggling and saying go fuck yourself, those are two different reactions you can have. Giggling isn't safer, okay? (laughs) Saying go fuck yourself is just as dangerous as giggling. Right, right, right. Well, I think it's more dangerous to giggle because then you're you're giving them complicit. permission. Yeah, you're, you're complicit. complicit. You're saying, yeah, sure, you can do this to me when I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> God, <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, just say, go fuck yourself. Yeah, I mean, at this point, if I'm getting unwanted attention, I usually just move my body to another space. So I've been on the bus where I've had to get off the bus. Oh, and yeah. rather than confront, rather than acknowledge it even, I just try to ignore it and then get myself out of that area. So even if something's happening on the bus and someone says something inappropriate to me, I just get up and move. Yeah, getting <laughs> and up and moving. if they say something again, then I get off the bus. Or at a bar, if somebody's saying something inappropriate, I don't like, but I just move my body to another place. Because I can't, because I'm still dealing with the societal impact of being a bitch. I don't want to be a bitch. You know what mm. I mean? So I'm like, I don't want them to think I'm a bitch. I don't want to be. I, I just, want them I want to, to avo- know I'm a bitch. See, I just like to avoid. <laughs> I want them to know. I like to avoid conflict at all costs. And so I just avoid conflict. You know, there are only people like that. The only times that I've ever recently like avoided conflict were, first of all, there's a time when it's just not, there's no point. Like there is a guy who I had to break up with. I didn't know I was dating him, you know, but I had to break up with him, (laughs) that kind of thing. And then, um, and then he kept sending me these fine, avoid me, fine, ignore me, fine, move to LA, fine, block my number. Just really stupid, pathetic shit, which a lot of them do. And then, then I will uh, ignore you. I'll say, okay, thanks. Bye. And I'm not going to block your number because I don't want you coming to my house. Right. I don't want you stalking me. So I'm not going to block you. I'm not going to. But um, but no, saying like the conflict. I mean, the, the really big conflict that I had was with my roommate who was just this really. It's like this wonderful person who happens to be incredibly inconsiderate. And I could not. The, the problem was is that every time I had to say, P.S., clean this thing or do what you should do I was doing emotional labor so I started avoiding the conflict not because I was avoiding the conflict because I had already fucking told him right Right. and it was like every time I say this I'm buying into this system where I'm being your mom now sure 
and I'm doing emotional labor, and then you're acting resentful and like I'm a nag. Go fuck yourself. I'm not a nag. I'm not, you don't get to be resentful of me. So I was conflict, it was conflict avoidant because there was no fucking point. It was just literally wait it out. out. He's gonna move and then he's gonna move. And I'm never gonna fucking talk to him about it because this guy is gonna have to figure this out on his own. Sure. He's not gonna do that with me. I'm not gonna, if I tell you something three times, even if I tell you something one time and you and you make me tell you again and you make me tell you again and then I'm the nag. Right, 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 right. No, That's not fair. I'm not playing that game mm-hmm. with you anymore. And the yeah. men's are expecting us to do emotional labor in a lot of these ways. And then if we don't do it, if we don't do that, you know, and then he's well, like, well, you didn't tell me. I'm like, no, bitch. I told you three fucking times. Exactly. Telling you again, you have to pay me for that, okay? Right, 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 right. See, my problem with, with the conflict that I usually have with men is that they decide in a point of time that they want my attentions now. And I don't have either the desire or ability to give them the attention that they feel entitled to right? because of me being a woman or because of me being me, for whatever reason. They might even do this to each other, but I think that guys are just like, fuck off, man. Yeah. So I've had conflict with men and it's only that they're demanding my attention and I'm not going to give it to them. And then they get all irate and I'm, and then they, and then they call me something that I'm not like I've been called a racist so many times and I'm like it has nothing to do with you being black it's just that you're an asshole like the, the, the problem is that you are demanding my attention and I cannot get and that I'm sorry that upsets you that your needs aren't being met right now right but, but you didn't ask me to didn't, meet them yeah, and it's not my responsibility to meet your need just because you want me to meet your need and even if that need is like I need you to pay attention to me right now well no I don't have, I don't have time or, or inclination to do that for you right and then they get all like, then a conflict starts and now I'm, but it's, has nothing to do with me. So I used to take that and internalize it and be like, uh, but now I'm like, Fuck. Uh-uh, I'm not going to feel guilty because I'm not, get, you don't give me what I need either. And I'm not asking you for anything. Right. And so it's like, right. I don't, I try not to have men meet my needs. Because I try not, yeah, to have anyone. If I'm yeah, the one anyone, who men, women, whatever. Yeah, no, even, well, I've had it with my girlfriends too, where they do that kind of stuff. Like, uh, the problem with, the problem that I've had with women is that they require more attention than so I can dramatic. handle. And yeah, uh, the so one of, you know, like the couple of these, these girlfriends that I've like broken up with recently, it was just that. It was like, well, listen, my best guy, my best friends, and uh, two of them are women, two of them are men. And my best friends, listen, if I don't talk to them for a month, nothing changes right. when yeah. I call them. They're like, oh, Alyssa was doing stuff. I was doing stuff too. Whatever. Yeah. How are you? I love you. And then there are other people where it's like, oh my God, I'm not going to call you and beg you to spend time with you. You know, I'm not going to just like chase you around, Alyssa. Like if you don't want to hang out with me, fine. But I don't, you know, and I'm like, okay, la- lady, listen, seriously. <laughs> it's been two weeks since the last time I saw you. I didn't know this was going to be a problem. Right. I didn't know you had this requirement yeah, for like, this. Now I don't want to hang out with you. At yes, all. <laughs> my favorite people. I see them maybe twice a month. And there are some people I see more than that. Like if we do comedy together. Sure. sure. But my favorite people, I don't see them that often. Well, and when I say, if people want to see me, it's very easy. But my just schedule, come here. Yeah, just come here. <laughs> just show up. Like if you want to, don't, don't. It's like, or go to Bender's. Like it's very simple. If you want to hang out with me, it's very easy to do. And I've told people this. Yeah. It is really easy to do. You either show up at Bender's Brainwash or Mutiny Radio. Three places at normal times that we can hang out. 
easy. Yeah. Yeah. No, and yeah, that's that's the other thing. I'm not like my friends who want to go hang out at bars um, that don't have comedy. <laughs> fuck you. I am not getting drunk somewhere that I can't use a microphone. Okay. That's funny. Yeah. I you know I just don't do it if it's and so like that was a conflict. A lot of my girls were like, I don't want to go to that open mic. I don't want to go to that another comedy show. I don't want to go to another comedy show. I want to go to this one bar where they serve thirteen dollar cocktails Ugh. and we just hang around, we sit, and we talk, and we flirt with assholes who make more money than us. And I'm like, you know what? I can do all those things. At a place where there's a comedy show, Absolutely, right? Like, yeah. why can't I? You know, why can't we make this work, ladies? Sure, sure. So, yeah, just go to North Beach on Tuesday. And I get it's booze for free. Yeah, like I'm not yeah. paying thirteen dollars for a cocktail. No, of course not. I don't have it. No, no. I would. I would never spend thirteen dollars on a cocktail. And, I, and I'm like, what is this? Or whatever the deal is. There's always some kind of little hang up. But no, taking on that kind of. And I love it when people do that, too, where they get mad. You're not spending enough time with me. Therefore, you're a bad person. It's like, and it's like, okay, well, I I didn't know that there was, like, a requirement. Like, we could have discussed that. Like, relationships in general. Like, hey, P.S., I love you, but we're going to break up at some point. So let's talk about that. <laughs> let's talk about what it's going to look like. Or, hey, I really like being your friend. But let's talk about what that means. Like, do you have to hang out with me once a week or twice a week? Or how often do, do you need to see me? I can't. I can't. But that's the thing. Is my, I, my life My life is so busy that I can't. Like, if you want to hang out with me, I can tell you where to come hang out with me. No. But that's yeah. the whole thing. It's like, I can't. I mean, and I'll go out of my way for people for certain things that they want me to go somewhere else if it's really important. Like, my buddy Katie had a... Um, she had an open studios thing and we went by and we checked out our cool thing. I was like, thank you for telling me about it. We showed up. It was awesome. Right. I can do other things if you ask me, but I usually just... One, if it sounds fun. Yeah, interesting. Fun. Inviting me to a bar is never going to be something I say yes to unless it's a bar with a comedy show sure. and they're going to let me tell jokes. Right. That's it. You know, sure. that's it. And I'm like, so yeah, if it's something like I, one of my best friends, we always go on hikes. We go on walks. We go on long walks. That's something you know. That's something I'm always down for. Sure. You want to take me someplace I've never been? Let's go on a hike. Let's do a picnic. Perfect. Let's do this. Right. Let's go. Whatever. Yeah. If it's something like, but yeah, I don't want to get drunk with you. I I, I will do all of your cocaine, but I really don't care. <laughs> right. Like I don't need it, but I will do it all. But I don't actually want to get together to do cocaine. Right. Exactly. With you. Like. Yeah. You're stupid. You can't even afford this. You're going to share it with me because you're so lame. You can't think of another fucking activity. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, that's fair enough. Yeah. I'm sick of these drug addict people. I mean, I love drugs. I love drugs, I but do. can we do something when we're high? Right, 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 right. I mean, that's the whole thing is what makes me crazy is when people do shrooms and then watch TV. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, yeah. You want to get, you want to get, can get high and watch TV? Yeah. Like maybe if I'm just smoking bowls all day and we're going to. Netflix and chill you know that's fine but like I'm not gonna why would I waste good drugs on banal life no I want to take mushrooms and either go to all the places I have to go like the doctor's office the library yeah, the grocery store sure. go place the comedy show whatever right, right, but right, or right. I want to take mushrooms in the middle of the woods right. I want to bring a bunch yeah. of paint at some point I want to cover myself in the paint and then I want to fuck my lover while I'm covered in paint sure. in the middle of the woods there you go on mushrooms perfect like fun, perfect fun chase times. deer chase the deer chase, yeah invisible deer real deer whatever real deer, deer whatever sure, yeah whatever, whatever. play with fun. the mountain lions invisible ones real and yeah real, whatever yeah birds but do something I don't, right. and then like that's my problem with cokeheads, where it's like, yeah, coke would be so much fun if cokeheads weren't so stupid, right? If they like, only you know, talked like, about the cat they had that died when they were five, I don't fucking care. And why are you gonna talk five hours about your dead cat? Now I love cats, 
but really you're going to, some of the cocaine, I can't do coke anymore because I'm too old, but some of the cocaine conversations were just so, I'm like, why would we waste this time? Why? Oh God. When it's just waxing and it's like, yeah, my narcissism is really well developed already. Right. Right. I don't need to actually develop it anymore. Right. And that's what it is. And then it's like, so yeah, so I've lost a couple of people in my life because I never judge people who use drugs. Mm -hmm. So I end up being around people who use drugs. There's only a couple of people I like the way that they use it. They use the drugs actually. And you know, one of them, you know, Mr. Uh, You know, Mr. Wiseman, he's my favorite drug user on the planet. Absolutely. Because yeah, he goes about his, and it's not a, um, it's just a, it's just something. It's, not in a like I love people where it's like we have to get coke now Ugh. and then you're on a mission to get the cocaine and then you get the cocaine and then you do nothing you right, do the cocaine right, right and or the I mean even with even with acid it's like even with those guys I don't know at this point I thought that I liked these people and I don't like them Right. I don't like them. Even if they share their drugs with me, I don't like them. I still don't like them. Yeah. You well, know? I had, uh, when I stopped doing cocaine, I lost a lot of friends and it wasn't, it was basically, I said, hey, uh, I will hang out with you. I just don't want to hang out with you on cocaine, whether either you're on it because then I find you boring because you talk about dumb shit or, and I don't want to do it. Right. So, but I was like, I'd like to hang out with you. We can find alternate times to do that. But it was basically like I was saying, I'm not going to hang out with people on cocaine anymore. And so I lost 10 friends. Yeah. But that's okay. It's okay. It was okay. It's okay. Because like, I just didn't, I wasn't interested in continuing that sort of that discovery. Yeah. It just isn't. And I stopped discovering things like on cocaine. It just didn't. I just don't. I just don't like that stuff. I feel like, yeah, if I was going to do a bunch of coca tea or something, I don't know that oh, one. I, I loved coca tea back in the day from Colombia. My friend brought me some back. It's nice. Yeah, it's just like really caffeiny. It's like... Yeah, it's like you drink four cups of coffee and yeah. one cup of coffee. Sure. It's like a few bread bowls, and but you feel a little more euphoric. Yeah. That's nice. And it's weird because I do smoke the weed and I do drink too much. I mean, like... I have a pretty good relationship to alcohol, but like I definitely drink, get drunk a couple nights a week, and that's yeah, me too. way, way I did more. Last, I did last night, and I didn't even go to comedy. I meant to. I was like, it's Tuesday, and I'm gonna go to OMG, and I'm gonna go to Brainwash, and and I just, I never, we never got out of Benders, yeah. but it's because we were having so much fun because we were talking to Katie and Emily, and we had all our Josh, lad Josh came, and it was Jonathan, and yeah. and Scotto was there, and all, you know, it was we were. I just all of a sudden we looked down, and I was like, it's nine o'clock. Let's go home. Yeah. I was like, I don't even. But I didn't, I don't know, I didn't need to do comedy. Are you going to go to Eagle tonight? Are you hitting things up? I'm thinking I'm going to go to Eagle. I have to, I have a, sh- there's some show I'm supposed to be at at nine or something in Oakland. Mm. So I'm going to try and, and do good. Eagle yeah, and then brainwash and then go, maybe go to Penelope and then go to the thing. So. Oh, wow. You're going to hit a lot tonight. Is, yeah, if it, if it works out, I'll do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll definitely, it'll be fun. Yeah, the Eagle, I like the Eagle. I mean, even though there's very rarely anyone there. Right, uh, no, I, it's one of my favorite open mics. Yeah. I, I love the stage. I love the bartender. The bartenders are great. Are I love great. Steve. I don't know the new guys, the younger guys. I don't guys remember name. the guys. He's name. such a cutie. Oh, he my is God. Cute. Well, the, but I love that place because the guys will come. I like, I've gone outside and been like, hey, will you guys come in for my set? I'm trying new jokes. And they will. They will. If you ask them to come inside, they will. Yeah. Yeah. If you're like, please, 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 please they'll nice. be like, oh, sweetheart, I totally will. So I, I love that place. But I have to be back here tonight at 8 because I'm finishing up training with uh, the new show, Whoa, Wednesdays, with Aisha Birdsong. So this is her last training. So I'm like, maybe I'll go. To the problem is after this, I'll 
finish up some things and then I'll go to vendors to have one and then it's like, oh, I can go to the Eagle and sign up and then it'd be like, I'd come back here but then I'd be like, well, why don't I just stay at vendors and Oh, I know. Here. it's so... I mean, it's just so easy for me to smoke cigarettes on that back patio and talk to people. Oh, God. If I, yeah, if we could smoke cigarettes and do this podcast, I could just be on a podcast for the rest of my life. Right. I, mean, <laughs> I fucking, I love cigarettes, you guys. I, I don't ever want to quit smoking and it's so funny because it's either. way more disgusting than all the other drugs that I just judge. And it's so heavily stigmatized by our current world if you smoke you're gross yeah like i don't i mean as a babysitter i don't ever smell like sm- i won't smoke all day before i have to babysit i'm worried about my breath my clothes my fingers yep. smelling like smoke and yep. there's a weird stigma against smokers even well, you're though, obviously stupid you're well, obviously 50 years ago it was if you didn't, you don't smoke. What you, everyone smoked inside in malls. Everybody smoked, constantly smoking. Everyone smoking. Right. And now, fifty years later, if you smoke, you're like gross and poor and dirty and yeah. It's no, the weird. stigma is crazy. And actually, my my dad used to be really about me quitting. And it was funny, the last time I saw him, I was like, I still smoke, P.S., I still smoke, Dad. And uh, he was like, it's okay, you just got to get over the stigma. And now, because it's so stigmatized, he doesn't care that I do it. Huh. Because it's like, oh, it, it, and that's how my, my whole family is. We're very opposite disordery people, where sure, it's like, sure. oh, you mean everyone hates it? Well, then I don't care anymore, <laughs> right? Like, then fuck it. And one of my, my favorite fuck buddy right now, who's like, he's just a wonderful, wonderful guy. And I told him, I was like, you don't mind. There's two guys I'm saying, that, that, well, there's more than that, but um, two, one of them loves the way that that cigarette smell because I roll my own. Uh-huh. Loves the way it smells. He just always like I don't know why, but it I love the way the tobacco smells. And the other one is just a, he just like Alyssa, you're total you're you're a writer, you're a performer, whatever. You're one of those artist people. Artists they smoke and then they write or they do their art or whatever. And I was like cool so you've justified this for me and i don't need to do yeah, it but sweet. yeah but like yeah it's hard date that is actually like the biggest thing with dating where i felt I, for a minute i thought well if i ever wanted to date some guy that was actually worthy of me um because that's how i think about it right i'm like right. i would have to quit smoking because huh. they they're i mean the yeah the stigma of, you stigmatized yourself i stigmatized myself but then also i date a lot of wealthy guys because if you can't buy me sushi then go fuck yourself um or lobster too. or yeah. steak or whatever the fuck i want good meals and i want nice Th- this is totally non sequitur but on uh bryant here at 16th there's a restaurant called mikado and they have a happy hour from four to six and it is half price alcohol and really great stuff but go for lunch and you can get a bento box with three items and they can all be sushi if you want and it's like $13.95 it's a crazy deal so it's a great deal Mikado on 16th and Bryant I fucking love that place you don't even have to be a rich person to enjoy lots and it's so much food that like my eyes were always bigger. I always bring a bento box back for my cat. You know what I mean? Like I bring him like a little, I'll take the temp, I love the tempura, but I'll get like some little maki with salmon. Or, so anyways, I bring him back little bits and the cat's like, I give him his own bento oh, box. I love, su- yeah. yeah. I mean, who doesn't love well, su- cats? I, cats love raw fish. I love raw fish. Who doesn't love raw fish? And, and yeah, and everyone hates smokers. And we all love smoker. raw fish and you all hate smokers. And I'm going to keep smoking because I think it's funny and I don't mind. I mean, I might might quit, but and I do think that it smells. It's yeah, it's funny how I've stigmatized myself. And I'm like, this is the one thing holding me back from me. And I don't even fucking want a relationship, which is even funnier. It's like, this is the one thing holding me back from having that thing that I don't actually want. Right. Um, 
Because I don't. I don't. Like the well, more- then, you know, and that's the thing that when you say you don't, then you don't. And the, when you actually, so when I actually got the relationship that I wanted was when I came to terms with what I wanted in a relationship. And then all of a sudden it was there. Right. Like I said, you know, I basically, I was like, I'm done dating schlubby old dudes. I want to, I want to date a hot young skateboarder. <laughs> That was it. I was like, I don't care if he makes money. I don't care if he, I just want to be with a hot young skateboarder. And, and I've been dating Jonathan for, we're having a four year anniversary coming oh up. So yeah, God. we've been together for over four years, but our actual like together date was Christmas. So, wow, so yeah. we're coming up on our four year anniversary and he's still hot and he's still 10 years younger than me and he still skateboards. So yay for me. I was like, I never want to have to deal with someone's belly during sex again i just don't want to deal with it uh, it's so hard to get like that's one thing uh, i will sleep with fat people i just couldn't <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't i can't i feel like a terrible person i feel and i feel like a, I feel like a terrible person too but man i've got this thing i don't understand fat people right like how does it get to the so Yes, I was looking at the BMI. So, thirty-seven percent um, is in some states, but it's like it's like a third of Americans are obese. Right. And to be obese, you have to have a BMI of what twenty-eight or over. So, or thirty or over, something like that. So, but a BMI of thirty on my frame would be a hundred and ninety pounds. Oh my God! But ninety. Or thirty percent of America is obese, meaning like, imagine me. So I'm 123, 100, but I seventy I, pounds on you. Right, that's crazy. Is, is is technically obese? So that's crazy. I mean, right? I can't imagine. I can't. You wouldn't imagine. fit back here. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the whole thing. Is like, but when you start getting like, like, I'm between 123 and 127, and like right now I might be 132 because I ate a lot last week. Yeah. Who knows? But I'm still, I'm still, I feel fine. But I'm like trying to imagine 70 pounds on me all the time, but 30% of our nation is that. Oh, yeah. And yeah. yet we still have this obsession with skinny, pretty people. It, it's like there, there's such like a cognitive dissonance between what Americans are expected or what American women, American white women, let me just say right. from my experience, right. as an American white woman, there's a certain way that I'm supposed to look in order to be quote unquote acceptable or pretty or whatever. Right. Yet 30% of our nation is obese, not just overweight, but like obese. Yeah. Like it's make starts making you sick. Well, they're gonna yeah, they're gonna die younger. I mean that's I mean, and I feel bad because it's like in my family, it's just not even allowed. There are no fat people in in the whole no. on either side, my mom's side or my dad's side. If it, it's just not allowed. I mean, it's not something. And then also, but it's also the way that we were all raised and the way that I you know it's like, well, you're active, you're active people. Sure. And my mom had that same thing where as long as it wasn't raining, we were outside all day. If we sure. weren't in school, outside all day long. Go my dad, yeah. if you don't want to participate with the family business which is construction then you have to find a new family so it's <laughs> active stuff so sure. we all were very active and we like activity right like and that was the thing the fat the, the the most weight uh, the, mo the most i've ever weighed was 135 and it was very hard for me to move and mm. i because i normally i don't i have no idea how much i weigh right now but it's probably 115 120 and the and the 135 was just like i could feel my thighs rubbing sure, together sure, 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 it sure, became sure, harder sure, to sure. bend over it yeah, became yeah, harder yeah, to go on walks yeah, yeah, yeah. and i was like this is awful and i had 
had to change it because sure. I was like, this is too uncomfortable. I like being active. I also like sex right. a lot. And I don't know that it's like, cause I don't sleep with them. I don't know how they do it, but I'm like, how do you guys do this? Like, how do you enjoy? And if, yeah, if you're just going to be in your apartment all day long and you're going to order takeout and you're going to do these things and you're not going to have an active life, then I guess it's fine. But also just die. Right. Just like, just die. Like you're not doing anything. I just don't understand. You're in a body. You have a body. Take advantage of it. And yes, uh, there are going to be fat people who are going to be throwing stuff at me after this, but I just don't care because you know what? Uh, it's not hard being skinny. I never weigh myself. I never think about what I eat. I fuck a lot and I walk a lot. Right. That's it. And that's it. So there you go. That's it. I don't go to the gym. I don't have a, no, I don't people think I do CrossFit cause I, I have nice shoulders. I'm I, like, Shut I up. get it though. If there are people that have sort of bought into this, I work 80 hours a week or I work, I work this job and I do this thing and it is sedentary. If they want to go to the gym, like I get it because yes, they're sitting, they you're, if yeah. you're sitting in a desk for eight hours a day, hell yeah, I want to like work out and, and you start getting like your, the, the time and the, how, I mean. Well, the fact that we create jobs where you're, that is, that does become your lifestyle is pretty disgusting. I mean, the fact that students, I mean, that's why I hated school and I was homeschooled for a decent amount of time, but I hated school because you have to sit in a desk. You're growing, you're a growing human being and they force you to sit still during the nice part of the day where you should be outside all of those eight hours running around. That's what children should be doing. They should be running around, learn some stuff too, but mainly you should be running around and growing, sitting in a desk does not help us develop properly right under those lights when we could be out in the sun i mean so we program i mean we set everyone up for this failure that's why 30 percent of the population is obese yeah because we set them up for that let's just sit in a desk all day and then they cut they sit in a desk all day and then they go home and they sit on the couch and they watch the tv and then they sit and eat eat, eat, eat. (sighs) but the thing is i can't imagine ever getting that big like if the biggest I've ever been was 148. And again, I was uncomfortable as well. Like, And I've seen pictures and I look puffy and it was not comfortable, but I was still not obese. I was still like in the normal weight range. I just felt like weird in my own body. And, and then I just became more active and it, it went away. I basically moved to San Francisco and started walking, walking. and taking the bus instead of driving everywhere. Yeah. So that was all the weight. But I could never... I've, I am afraid of fat people. I mean, I, I'm not a racist. I'm a sizist. I am not afraid of black people or Bangladeshi people or Filipinos or Mexicans or whatever people are all upset about with all the race. Stuff. I don't care. But what I do freak out, if I see like a really fat person and I feel terrible, but the first thing I think is what is wrong with them? Well, and I and I'm also afraid of their them physically hurting me because they're not aware of their size. They're huh. very physically like, or at least this, you know, I had this situation where this person was so much larger than me, not just tall but also obese, and it was like, oh my god, this person takes up so much much space. And at one point, made a gesture where he flung his hand out and almost smacked me. <laughs> Because he was just making this, he was just doing something really uh, right. exuberant and whatever, but he's also not aware of his body. So when he flings his hand out, it almost, wow. and if he had actually hit me, I would have fallen Flown across over. the room. Yeah. yeah of course flown, you Yeah. I would. And it would, I was like, holy shit. If you're going to be that large, please be aware of it. Like, sure. please be. And then, yeah, I feel like a jerk. Like, and then I'm like, it's not your fault, but I'm like, actually it is. <laughs> And you and so yeah, I get scared because like I dated a fat guy and one time he almost blacked out on top of me. That was okay. So there was one guy I dated who was large and he uh yeah he was a drinker and he uh he I had to wake him up and I thought I was gonna die. Oh my god! I thought I was gonna die. He pressed you. Yeah, he was six four and he probably weighed 
you know nearly three probably weighed 285 almost yeah and and i after that never let you know i just was like no if they're that big i can't be on top yeah, and I told him, I said, I'll never, never sleep with you when you're drinking again, right. because if you black out, I will die underneath of you, yeah, and yeah, you'll yeah. wake up two hours later, and there'll be a dead girl right? Yeah, underneath of you. So yeah, the, the, the scariness of the size, and I think it's also because I am so small. Yeah, yeah we're tiny. We're, we're, you're, we're little you're, yeah, we're little, but it's like, yeah, you, you guys are huge. You take up a lot of space, and you don't even know it. And yeah, and the man-spreading thing, uh, anyway. Uh, I just, I don't mean to be a sizist, but I am. Fat people scare me. I'm sorry that that's true. I'll try to get over it. But I just, I think that my issues with body image are so pervasive that when I see people who are enormous, and it's something I try to do jokes about it, but you can't be skinny and do fat people jokes. You can't. The audience will not. No, I know. We're doing it right now. I've actually been doing it all last week. That's why I'm doing it on the air with you because I've been just saying that I hate fat people because of the poop on the outside of the toilet. Right. How did it get there? Oh, you just can't see it, you know? And uh, and it's and it isn't true. Like my brother, when we were little, he used to actively hate fat, and it wasn't hate; it was fear. fear it, I mean, right. but it was hate too. But it was judgment. But he would move away from them. And my mom uh, had a girlfriend who was very, very large, and he hated her. He was like, huh. "I hate Margot. I hate this person." And uh, and and we were like, "What is your deal? Like, why are you so mean to what this woman?" What is the deal with fat people? And yeah, that's I actually said that the other night. I did. I said that. It, it was so good. It was so good. But that's uh, funny. Only because I didn't actually, it's not like I actually mean it, but he hated that. He was like, no, I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. And um, and my mom and my dad and I were all like, Scott, why do you hate Fappy? Like, you got to get over this. It's not cool. And now I'm like, hey, Scott, I know I'm I uh, 30, uh, 31 years old and this is a long time ago, but I, I totally get it now. I fucking hate fat people too. Like, and I just, I just, and then I have, you know, and it's all my fat friends. Hey, you guys, I'm so sorry. You know, it's like I have fat friends, but right. no, I don't. Actually. I, I do a terrible thing where, and this actually happened last night at the bar. I was saying something about fat people and there was a fat person there and I kind of caught their eye and I'm like, I'm a dick. Yeah. Hey, but you know what? People say bitch and hoe all the time around me, and they don't think twice about it. So, sure, fair enough. You know, I fair mean, enough. people are constantly... So it's just like, I think it's interesting when they think you're coming from a position of like, um, you know, like, oh, well, I have the better position. I'm the skinny one. Um, or like, But then men, when they talk about women, they're coming from this above us position, right. talking down to us, sure. and then we're supposed to take it as a joke. Well, you know, all bitches are stupid. Exactly. They finally, they finally taught us how to read. No, yeah, thank God. <laughs> Thanks for being yeah. I'm so loving. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. This says uh, you guys have been listening to some call me Tim with special guest Alyssa Westerland. She's also going to be the guest host this Friday on Happy Hour from six to eight. Excited about that. I welcome all fat people to come and throw a pie in my face. Yeah. Uh, totally. Sure, I love come pie. On, come on down. Uh, and you can see her tonight. She has a 9 o'clock showcase in Oakland. If you guys are out there, you can go see her. Oh, God. What's the bar called? I totally forgot. Penelope? No. no that's the open mic. Frosty Nugs is Oh, Frosty them. Nugs. It's so great. It's Bricks. Bricks. Oh, God. That place is amazing. Nine at Bricks. Oh, it's so fun. Yeah. It's, it, he stacks the audience. He I knows know. everybody He's going to pay me and shit. Yeah. He's so, it's so great. And you get some free drinks. And the bartenders are just lovely. It's and bad. I had so much fun at his birthday party. I, I, and I and the audience was so great. And I just I felt like I had a lovely set. What a great... It's an outdoor patio. You yeah. can smoke your during weed, your set. Your cigarettes. During your, all, all of it. it. So great. Have so much fun tonight. Oh, it's going to be rad. Thanks again yeah. for being here. And, Thanks uh, for having me. And I'm going to pee before I pee my pants. Uh, this has been Some Call Me Tim. Yay. See you next week. Uh, no, we won't see you next week because I 
I'm in Mexico, but we Timothy Pizza might be guest hosting, which would be very exciting because we haven't had Tim on Some Call Me Tim for a while. All right, thanks everybody. Bye. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for me fine dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Looking for a personal injury lawyer in San Francisco, look no further than Francis J. Shaheda. Mr. Shaheda did an amazing job with my case. First, he informed the courts about my case that had not been scheduled or submitted yet, despite the language on the citation. I was so confused and afraid of the legal system, but he did it all for me. He communicated promptly via email with any of my questions. I was afraid of an enormous fine for a small infraction, as well as a criminal offense on my record, but he spoke to the DA to have my case removed from criminal court and put into the community court system. I am so overwhelmingly happy with the results he generated and would recommend him to anyone with legal issues. This is a personal first-person narrative because Francis J. Shaheda helped me personally, helped Mutiny Radio go to him for personal injury issues. You can email him at www.personalinjuryattorneyfjs.com. Again, the law office of Francis J. Shaheda in San Francisco. 
Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be like in front of an audience, like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> The Night Space brings you high time story time every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. Listen to San Francisco's finest underground comedians read crazy stories written by me, Arden, on The Night Space. The Night Space featuring high time story time every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. High Time Story Time Volume 1 now available on Amazon.com for Kindle and electronic download. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch a full-length movie. Howdy, mutineers. It is I, Stolowitz, Dark Lord of the Sith, and several dive bars in San Jose. Every Tuesday night from 10 p.m. to midnight, join me in my quest to escape from the occult oubliette, a world of violence, intrigue, sexuality, mysticism, magic, and leftover spaghetti. Enjoy my insane rants about leftist causes, Midwestern witchcraft, the ascendancy of Skynet, and why neo-paganism is vastly overrated. 
I've got guests, music, comedy, and old Alan Watts lectures from the 70s. How can you resist? You can't. I put a spell on you. Ah! MutinyRadio.fm is an official shrine of the miraculous garlic of Mount Cavalry. We are not associated with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, except on Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Hope to see you there. Or hear you, I should say. Hey, Zach Wiseman, you're a good comedian. You know how I got good? How good? How did you get so great at comedy? I got great at comedy. During happy hour. Yeah. Every Friday from 6 to 8 with new host Trina Roderick. It's where um, people go and sometimes they smell bad and sometimes they don't smell bad. Mutiny Radio made me great. <laughs> Mutiny Radio made me better than you. And that you can be better than everyone else, too, every Friday from 6 to 8 on Happy Hour here at Mutiny Radio. But you'll be- never be better than me. You'll never be better than me. you never be better than Zach. And you also, it's a happy hour, but we don't have any alcohol, so it's happy-ish. But you're going to do comedy. I'll do comedy. And you're going to enjoy comedy. Just be an audience. Just come. It's free. Yeah, I just drink in my car. <laughs> you could like drink. Like a fucking adult. Exactly. Drink, drink around the corner somewhere else. Not here. But uh, come to Happy Hour every Friday from 6 to 8 with Trina Roderick. Yeah, do that. Tell me what you think about your situation. Complication, aggravation. Is it getting to you? Then tune in live every Sunday from 12 to 2 p.m. to the edge of insanity with myself, Paul Brumbaugh. Kit Marie. Brandon Ray. And Mistress Christine. All on Mutiny Radio. That's right, PCRcollective.org. We'll see you there. Are you a stand-up comedian? Do you want to be in 25 shows in five days at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco? Well, now's your opportunity. Apply now for the Spark Presents third annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, March 1st through 5th. That's 25 shows in five days featuring 40 comics from out of town, and one of those comedians could be you. Go to our website, www.mutinyradio.fm, and click Click on the submission form. Apply for the Spark Presents third annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's only $10, and you can apply.